I'm not going to name a name. I'm not going to name a name on anything, but I will say I saw a book today and I immediately judged, you know, and I and things, something that I don't like doing usually is judging, right? And I saw a book today because I was in Easons and I, I'm writing a book, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but are we, are we, are we rolling? This is gonna, we're live now because we're, we're, we're talking we, about important stuff. We've been here. live. We've been, bread we, we've been live here books. now for the last while, right? But I, I am, I, I, I saw a book today of this person and it's a well-known person. I don't know what this person is known for. Okay. I think it's for one of these um, reality shows, Love Island type thing. I is, think is this an Irish person? No, I don't know. I think she's British. Okay, <gasps> it's a female. Oh god, <laughs> oh, we're getting right? deeper here. She right? is British, but I'm just like this person is like 23. Um, I don't, <laughs> I don't know if she's 23, but I'm guessing, okay. right, just by what the way she looks, and I'm like, it's a, it's it, you know, it's a, it's an autobiography. Yeah. And I'm just like, why should I, like, I'm judging straight away as to like, what the, what the fuck could this book be about now, right? But at the same time, I'm like, you're only 31, Connor, and you've, you know, you're, you're, you're looking to write a book and you're looking to do this that, and the other. What makes your stuff any more valuable than hers? I, I believe that um, I've put up an awful lot of stuff in the past that is not very valuable. I know that, like not, not, it, not, not so much that, like the funny stuff is valuable, right? The, the stuff that I try and make some jokes and stuff is valuable because that's funny. Let's have a laugh, laugh, dopamine makes you feel good. Happy days, right? The stuff that's not funny, but more so, um, introspective or is talking about training or talking about the way I think about certain aspects of life, that's valuable too. But there are times especially in the past, but maybe there are some in the future which I'll make stuff that's completely, that's either just something that I'm going through, right? Or something that's happening to me and that I'm, I feel like I'm going to make sense of it through posting on Instagram, right? And that's not valuable, really, right? It might be valuable to me and there might be future valuable things that come from it. But so like, I, I just feel like when I look at this person's book, I think, is this is this a a self indulgence? Is this a self indulgent, a narcissistic look at me and how what I've come through and how good I am for getting through this certain things? Or is, is it your book now we're talking about? No, this is this person's <laughs> book, and and that's something that I'm very very careful of as well when I come through. It is show everything, scars and all. Show the times when you were when you when you weren't um, a good version of who you are. And also that just because you're becoming a better version of who you are doesn't make you, you know, able to sit on this fucking throne and look down at people and stuff, right? And it's also nothing to be, like, changing your life and changing it for the better is great for you. For anybody else, um, the only other thing that you can do is allow people to uh, feel the same way and allow people to think about their lives in that way and kind of go, right, if this person's going through this certain thing and he's 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 admitted that he's fucking stumbled and fallen a million times and he, that that he's like the way he's actually thought about things, you know, like I think there's a lot of times where I could go, there was I, I've written seven thousand words right of this book, and there's th- times when I'm writing this and and I actually thought, Jesus, like this is actually how I feel. This is like this is actually how I feel and actually how it happened and it's not romantic. And it's it's borderline gruesome, and it's it, it's that shadow work we're talking about. It's this that looking at the parts of our mind that where where bad things lurk, you know, and 
um, trying to figure out how to have the courage to deal with those things. And that's the thing. It's like trauma isn't necessarily the things that happen, right? So like you could say like, oh, what traumatic things has happened to your life or your life, Dan, or my life, right? What traumatic things have happened? The actual thing isn't the trauma. It's how we how we build it in our minds and allow it to live and take up and occupy space in our minds. That's the trauma. There are people that have gone through horrific things and have no trauma or 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 have very little because they might have a, a a brain that doesn't hold on to things like that. Certain times there will be certain times you'll have people that are probably like me, really, where certain things that are fairly minor will happen, and they'll they'll build them up in their heads and they'll build them up into something huge. Um, and I've had I've definitely been on that side of things too, where I've where where I've blown things out of proportion and I've made things a meal of things. Um, but what what I what I you know, what I, I suppose I, I want from everything that I do, everything that I put out there is that I'm being the authentic version of me. And I'm not trying to trying to tell you that I'm perfect or tell you that I'm 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 in this great place in my life now, so I can relax in the fucking armchair of my own ignorance. I can't. I have to constantly question myself, question who I am and question why I'm I why am I why am I saying it that way? Why am I putting out this now and not that? And uh, I just don't know if that measured approach to something is the norm. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, I, I know exactly know. what you're saying. And yeah. it's not the norm. And I think to bring it back to this 23-year-old Love Island book, mm. the word value is where the issue lies because there's probably no value for many readers in a book like that and we know that most of these people who go through these reality shows end up with a limited window where they could potentially make a lot of money through publicity and that's very valuable for the for their agent for them but not necessarily for anybody who reads the book and it reminds me I used to call it the one direction um the one direction syndrome because I when one direction blew up overnight they were a very valuable commodity Simon Cowell saw all these four lads and was like I have a market for these young girls we can all make loads of money let's put this together and make it work the, the the young girls thought they were getting value because they thought, oh, this is amazing, a boy band. And then I compared them to the likes of U2, who spent 30 to 40 years gigging in shitholes all over the country and gradually building an audience because they were providing value to people by gi- giving them music, giving them lyrics, entertaining them, playing in bars. And that they allowed Irish people to feel cool. They allowed like Irish, in the people 80s, to Irish, cool. Irish people weren't cool. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? And they're early 80s, like, you know, and he, they, they allowed that to happen. Like. Yeah. But they built value for us as mm. listeners. Uh, otherwise, they wouldn't have become famous. And so the, 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 two, the two meanings of the word value there were completely different. There was a lot of value created by One Direction for the industry because they mm. made fucking loads of money for themselves because they made loads of money. Was there value in there for the fans? Well, they did concerts and entertained them, but they didn't do it the same way that you 2 did. And the One Direction style of value, this influencer, Instagram, instant book style, is a real thing that we live with nowadays. For me and for you, who's looking for maybe a deeper sense of meaning behind most things in our lives and trying to grow as people and trying to understand who we are and what we are, we're not going to find any value in there. I don't think other people find a lot of value in there, but I could be wrong. But I think it's the perception we have of these things is really, really important because I'm not buying her book to try and figure out how to be a better father. I might buy your book to try and figure out how to be a better father. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it, I just think it's different and it's what people are looking for. And to put a nice big bow on all of that to show you that I actually completely agree with what you said, I don't think, I think most people will get more value out of something with a bit more depth, a bit more 
real life experience, a bit more trauma, a bit more reality. Uh, some people won't like that kind of stuff, but most people, I think, will find something in that that they can connect and resonate with. How many people can connect and resonate with somebody who became famous overnight because they went on a TV show? Mm. I don't know. And maybe yeah. there's amazing. No, I don't. I actually, I, I, I don't know if this person. I know what you're was, saying though. Was, it's, it's, yeah. it's that genre. It's it's the overnight success, and I've written a book kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I'm not shitting on it, but I don't know what the value in there would be apart from this is a famous person who wrote a book, uh, an overnight famous person who wrote a book. Yeah. No, I I think. Um, which is a a a, a really uh, I, it's a big privilege that I I think <laughs> I, I I'm in a position where I can think about lots of stuff, and I think that uh, maybe I maybe I should read the book right, uh, which is the thing is like uh, do I have do I have eighteen ninety nine to spend on a book like this? Probably not. I don't. But uh, what I feel is like you know it's it's human though, isn't it, to do that because you're in this position as you said, right? You have to come in this superstar, and someone goes, "We can write a book. We can make loads of money off writing this book. Why not? I'll give you fifty grand, or I'll give you a hundred grand, and uh, I'll actually get somebody to come interview you. We'll ghost write the book, add loads of cool stuff into it, and then we'll we'll produce it. We'll do a photo shoot, everything." We'll, we'll spend 250000 on marketing, we'll sell it everywhere, and it'll fly on. Because, like, it was in a shopping centre, it was in uh, an Easton's in a shopping centre in Arklow. You noticed it. You know, like, yeah. It, it, it was, do you, know, do you know why? Because it was in the new books top ten. Okay. Right? So it was in the new books top ten, because I was looking at these things, because, like, look, I'm like, right, I want my work, my, my, my book to be, um, to be original, and to be authentic and to be, you know, to tell the real story about me. And where um, I want actually people sometimes to read the book and go, you know, fucking hell. You know, I, I want people to kind of go, Jesus, this guy's, you know. he's Why? Uh, Why do you want that? Because I, that's what I'm attracted to. I'm attracted to somebody who's not afraid to show people that they're not perfect and that they have had to... Um, that they're that the biggest struggle and the biggest fucking obstacle that they've had to overcome in their life was themselves, because that was the case. Because I had every single thing. If you if I look at my life from an outsider's perspective, I had every single thing in my life from the very beginning to make a good go at it, right? To make a good go at life. Why was I crippled with depression and anxiety and feeling shit all the time? What? Why? You know? Why did I feel like that all the time? Because it was me. I made that happen. I, I was the one who who couldn't face anything, couldn't fucking... I, I was running away from everything, blaming everybody. I'm perfect. There's nothing about me, you know? Oh, like, my relationship's breaking down again. Oh, Jesus. Poor poor girl, you know? She needs to sort her shit out. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's you. You're the one involved every single time, but this is happening. All that type of stuff was going on for me for so long. Um that I just really didn't want to look at the man in the mirror like and realize, you know, uh, that I actually ha- was the architect of my own downfall. And when I hear other people, and, and I've talked about him a lot of times on the podcast. Did you see his latest video, David Goggins? No, did you see his latest video, no? He tied, tied his hands and legs together and no, jumped into the water. Of and course stuff, he no? did. Yeah. Uh, like, I just think, Jesus, look, fair play. Like, if this is what you're actually doing and you're, you're, you're sharing it with people, that's grand. Don't know if it's responsible, but, um, you know, tie up your hands and legs and jump in the water. Um, but 
he um he was very honest i thought right uh about like you know his own uh life now i think he took it he he found something that made him feel good pushing himself to the fucking absolute limits of his life and it was probably one of the first times in his whole life he felt good and i think that's what he's doing right now and i think that's the way he's 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 making sense of life because he's a he's a lot of trauma you know he has a lot of trauma there he has a lot of things that he that like if he was looking at the reasons why he was doing certain things uh maybe he'd have a slightly different perspective on it but i think he's gained like there are certain people like David Goggins or Conor McGregor or certain these people that make sense of life in in amongst chaos right i'm kind of like that i have a bit of that definitely i love the idea of um being in a situation where i actually don't know what the fuck's going to happen and that uncertainty and i've always liked it even in times when i was self destructive i've always liked that element of fucking you know just um just not knowing how it's going to pan out for me you know what i mean and i think that's why i fucking hated my job is because i knew every single day what was going to happen you know and i hate that i hate it i i like when uh like even in the gym I don't I today I I'm going to the gym after uh, after this. I don't really know what I'm going to do. I know what what I want to work on. But I don't know what I'm going to do, but then I'll just go it's I'm not a I'm not a walker. I'm not a I'm not a what do I do here? Uh this looks good over here. I'll do some of that. I'm a, like all right, we'll do these four things now in a circuit. Boom, do them quick. Then we're going to do something else and we'll we'll get another four exercises that we like doing that that are a part of this whole thing and we'll do that again. And we'll 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 and then I put in certain things as well that are just to fuck with me, like you know burpees or do something like jumping split squats for fucking twenty minutes straight or something like that, you know something that'll just make you feel like you're gonna gawk, right? I like that type of stuff once in a while. I, I like my body, you know, and I'm not gonna make it feel like shit every time that I go into the gym because you just end up injured. But all this stuff, um, you know, I, when I when I um, when I look at at people like that, I kind of go right. This person has made sense of their life in this element of chaos and has no idea how to operate outside of it. David Goggins has no idea how to operate outside of that, and and that's okay, and that that's okay. And he'll he'll come to me like this. This guy's a bitch. This guy here is a bitch. And that's 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 his word. That's the way of uh, his way of of doing that is going is going right. Uh, he disagrees the way I live my life. He's a bitch, right? That's that's the way he's he's going to do it, right? And that's that's completely fine. And I think his his opinion, if I'm giving an opinion on on him, how is he not able to give an opinion on me? He should be able to, right? David, if you do listen to this, <laughs> love to hear your shout opinion. Out to right? Shout shout out to BD, because I, I really do take a lot from what he's saying because of this element of honesty. He's not this person that just showed up. Oh, there's no background here. No background. I've always been this fucking absolute machine. Yeah. No. He's like, right, this is all the stuff that had actually happened. And like some of the stuff when you're when you're reading his book or you're listening to the audio book, it's a pauser. You know, you pause yeah, it and to you contemplate go, what did he just say? You go, like yeah. how you know, how how does somebody get through that? Like, you know, like uh abusive father, mother leaves the father finally, absolute fucking super traumatic experience. Mother ends up finding this new partner. Seems like a dream world. Great. Everything working out. He gets shot. Right? Then, like, within the same time as that, sees a, sees a kid getting brutally killed. All of these things adding to it. And I'm like, like, I, I'm saying this as a kind of a, 
a person of interest in in in, in David Goggins and going right, David, like, have you actually dealt with these things, or does lifting boats over your head mm-hmm. sort it all out for you? I don't know, and I I can't say for certain or whatever, but like, um, I just think that like you know that type of honesty that he had about it is valuable, and it was the it was the one that it was the thing that hooked me on to him. Yeah. And I and I w- did the pick and mix job where I'm like, I like this, I like that. And, and that's something I really resonate the honesty. The punishing your body, the punishing myself, I, I had done that for too long. And that didn't sit well with me. So like, you know, skip a training session or what are you going to do? Do the same session 10 times over until you're fucking fit to die, right? That was the type of mentality I had. Or I'd have this mentality of, I go four or five months drinking, eating shit, doing absolute nothing, no exercise whatsoever, and then and then all of a sudden I'll just wake up on a Monday and go, I need to revolutionize my life and I need to do everything. And then I do that. It was all extremes. It was extremes. It was and I think that's what I'm trying to I'm not trying to escape it. I notice when these things are coming on. You know, and I and I and I think that's the value is knowing yourself, you know, and uh, and David Goggins probably knows himself very, very well. I, I, I would ask the question of like, um, how does he feel about the, 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 you know, the traumatic things that have actually happened to him, you know, um, and has he forgiven himself for the parts he's played in these things and has he, you know, all, done all of these things? So. Do you want to know something really funny and interesting actually? To segue us nicely into what we're actually supposed to be talking oh. about today, which is Project 82, but I was living vicariously through you as my friend Conor O'Keefe. So I'd randomly drop into conversation. Oh, my friend Conor O'Keefe is doing 32 marathons in 32 days because it gives me big street cred to know guys like this. And not one or two, but several people said to me when I explained to them what the event was, something similar to what you just said about uh, David Goggins there. It's like, really? he's running away from something, Dan. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah. well, first of all, you don't even know this fella, so mm. maybe hold the comments, but he's definitely running away from something. Anybody who does that is running away from something. They're not dealing with it. And it was several people said it to me. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I'd, you'd come up in, in, while you were doing the, the 32, you'd come up in, in conversation quite a lot. I'd bring yeah. it up. And uh, it, was, it was a lot of people would say exactly what you just said about him there. He's probably just something he's not dealing with or something he's running away from, using it, using it as a distraction, but calling it healing and all this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how does that make you feel? Because you were able to comment on Goggins because we have an external view of who this guy is. These people didn't even know you, mm-hmm. but they heard about what you do and how you like to spend your time sometimes. But again, I only know David Goggins through Instagram, yeah. really, you know, and through his reading of his book. So I think, absolutely, I think I'm a huge believer in free speech and I think anybody is able to have an opinion of me, absolutely. Because the, the, uh, the power of an opinion is actually in the person who it's about. So like if I if I if I feel like uh, I respect this person and I really do think that their opinions really really matter and I think this is actually very very valuable or whatever then I will really really think about it. Um, if it's somebody if it like also it's kind of sometimes good to question things and and say okay so so someone's not picking it out of the air. There's got to be something there that that uh, leads them to the opinion. You know what I mean? Um, they ca- like if someone said he's a closet homosexual, do you know, <laughs> if someone said, ah, oh, that guy there, the guy who's running 30 marathons, he's a closet homosexual. That's too specific. It's a bit that's, of a reach, yeah. You know, that's like, that's like, eh, come on here now, you know, like that's, you know, he was like, he's running away from something. Hmm. Let's, let's think about it, yeah. right? Let's, you know, that, that seems plausible. Well, this is my question. Do, do you think about it? Because Jill actually made a very good point to me re- recently at the 75 hard thing. And mm. she was saying to me, are you just doing this because it's, 
something to distract you from having to actually think about the problems that you're actually having. And I would say all the right things and I say all the right things in my podcast and I discuss these concepts about personal development and shadow work and growth. And then I do the 75 hard thing and she was like, I just want to make sure that you know that you're doing this for the right reasons and that you're aware and contemplating and thinking about what's happening to you as you go through these challenges and taking the lessons and building them into your life and you're not just doing it because by the time you get to the end of the day you're like oh i've done that thing now or it's like someone who reads a personal development book or a self-help book i read the book yes yeah i've done the thing but have you actually has it actually changed your life in any way or did you just read the book and now that's a a plaster or a band-aid over the issues you're actually dealing with inside so that's the question I think when I came up with Project 32 I was running away from things or, or at least I was I was I was a man in the middle of trying to figure a lot of stuff out very quickly and it was like re- didn't realise at the time that it was going to take an awful lot of time more time than I thought and um, yeah I think when I, I started running because absolutely searching for distraction absolutely searching for distraction I ran my first marathon as like I was in the throes of everything then. I was in the throes of all of the stuff that all the stuff that is negative for me that I know now know is is negative for me. And um I I I found running. There's like two things. I mean, there was two things that I always used to say to people is like, you know, about marathon running or ultra marathons. Like, how did you get into running ultra marathons? But like, I, I picked up running because I ran Thai boxing. When I was Thai boxing, I'd run beforehand and I'd always kind of generally be one of the first people back because I was good at running. Um, I was a lot thinner and stuff like that then. Like, so I had that kind of wiry runner's body. And uh, the second thing was I wanted to be an athlete again. They are very, very much half truth, half truths. They're not the full story whatsoever. They're not even half truths, really. They're fucking shit you spit out because you don't want to gonna go. Do you really want to fucking know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Do you yeah. really want to know why I'm running? Because I'm running away from shit. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I don't. I don't think that that makes for you know conversation. You meet someone at a bus stop. Yeah, you know what I mean. It doesn't. It's it, for me. I really had that. It was like you know we we have our. Uh, our our uh, answers made out for us. Like you know, when I was when I was selling cars, right? Although was, Jesus Christ it was great money and it was a great job to have. I was driving a lovely car and all that kind of stuff. I was still embarrassed, right? It was a very weird thing. It was very strange. I I I, re, I I'm realizing more and more now why I was embarrassed. But I was embarrassed by being a car salesman because I felt I fe- I did at that time at the time felt it beneath me because I'm like right I'm. I'm I'm intelligent. I'm smart. Like I I can do things, you know. And all the lads that were selling cars, not that they were unintelligent, they're actually incredibly smart and very very like, you know, they'd have that emotional intelligence. Salesmen they have to have have smarts. You know what I mean? They have to be smart because they have to be able to think on their feet. Because there's people just throwing out um like um you know um these uh you know, reasons why they can't buy the car or reasons why this is not right or whatever. And they have to, they have to constantly think about how they can combat those. And um, so that th- it does take smarts. But it's not this, um, you know, um, this usual good job where like engineers, doctors, solicitors, all these types of things. I, I, and I actually went and sat my, sat my exams and everything to go back and study graduate medicine. The right? The, yeah, the GAMSATs, GAMSATs, the GAMSATs, yeah, right? GAMSATs. Sat that, 
But that was all just because I wanted that. I wanted that to say it yeah. to people. It I'm a car salesman, but I'm actually I'm actually going back. I'm to actually studying study medicine. medicine. I'm actually uh, going to sit my gaps at. I'm only, I'm only stripping to support my medical career. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm only I'm only showing my bare ass to you right now, <laughs> so that I can you know start this medical career. Um, and become a surgeon, a surgeon. Um, I, 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 I only did it because of that, you know. So like running, this is so weird that we're talking about this on on the podcast or Project Thirty Two, but it it's, seems appropriate, right? Um, running for me was the easiest sport I could get into, really. To be honest, it was the easiest sport I could get into because the transition was easy. Mm. I'd ran a lot when I was Thai boxing. Um, it didn't require any gear had runners already i could just put the runners on and go running I had running gear um so i had everything i needed already so when i said i'll, I'll sign up for a marathon like i think when i think back now when i go i signed up for a marathon because i didn't know about ultras or anything none of that shit at that time i was like our marathon marathon's fucking far and it's ha- hard and it's all this kind of stuff but it's like like <sighs> It was a soft fucking challenge to myself. I already had all the shit that I, that I needed to do it, right? So I didn't have to go and, like, try and acquire any knowledge about skills or anything like that. Um, like, I wasn't like, oh, I'm going to go fucking join a rowing club, you know, where I'm not very comfortable in open water. Don't like being in open water. Don't like being on boats, really, even, like, you know. Not, not that I don't like being on boats, just, like, if I could choose not to be on a boat, I'd like to not be on a boat, you know? So, like... Um, don't like that, uh, you know, all of these kind of things where I'm like, I've no idea. If I was out and I was in the middle of the ocean and I hadn't, there was no landing site, that would, that, that, that would panic me. And this kind of comes to the challenge that I'm going to be posing at the end of this, the next Project 32, oh. right, or whatever. But, this is um, new. You didn't even tell me about this. No, I haven't. This is all this new. Is all fresh. I want the reactions to be real. Oh, you it's going to be real yeah, reactions. Yeah. Real reactions. Um, but... It was, a, it was one of those things where it was like, it was the easiest thing. And it was also another mouthpiece. It was another, it was another, uh, it's like, what are you training for? I'm training for a marathon. Yeah. I'm just training for my first marathon here. So it's another mouthpiece. It's yeah. another distraction. It's another thing that I can throw out and, oh, I'm doing this. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm doing that. And that, again, then led me into ultramarathon because it was just seemed like the, uh, another mouthpiece, another great thing to say to people. I'm training for a hundred mile race and I'm going to run a hundred miles and all this kind of stuff. And it was just absolutely an utter distraction, 100%. And running away from, like, it, it's so weird. I look back at my time even training for that hundred miler. I, a week before I, I did it, about 10 days beforehand, I went out on the Raz, like 10 days beforehand, drinking pints of Murphy's, smoking cigarettes, staying out till three, four o'clock in the morning. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, you know, like in my mind, I was like, I was still didn't want to let go of all the, sh- all the, the shit things, you know, all the things that made me feel terrible the next day and all that kind of stuff. I didn't want to let go of that, but I, but I also wanted to have this bigger distraction mm. that would distract me in the times when I wasn't drunk. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, and would yeah. keep me, those are the hard times. Yeah. They're the harder times. Cause you, you're, you're like, uh, you have to, you have to find a way of living life every day. Yeah. And, um, when you're living life every day and you have this hundred mile race, it's like, it, it, it's, it's sucking the demons out of your head for that time. And you're like, right. Okay. You've so much to think about. I have this huge race that I'm completely underprepared for, you know, it, it consumes you. And being nervous and anxious about that is way easier than being nervous and anxious about things you might not even be able to put your finger on. Yeah. Right? And and the and the non-tangible elements of 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 
your 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 own your own mind, right? And um, so I did that. Flew, you know, went, went through into ultra marathon, and the then I finished the ultra marathon. And 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 looking back at it again, I should have known that it was absolute horseshit, right? It was got to the end, all this kind of stuff should have been a huge achievement, but yet didn't feel any different internally, had no, I was like, I, I'm, I'm building resilience. You're not building resilience. You're fucking, you know, beating the shit out of yourself. But there's no engagement with the mind whatsoever. There's disengagement actually really with the mind. There's disengagement. And that and that's that was what was happening. And I didn't really, I didn't get what I was supposed to from it. I was able to learn some lessons retrospectively and learn that I actually do have the ability to get through things, right? That's And that's not resilience. Resilience is like everyday stuff. Mm. Resilience is like shit's not kind of going right, you know, and stuff starts to stack up. Finances aren't in the right place. You know, things are happening and you don't know, you know, how, how to figure them out. That that to me is resilience. This this is is resilience in a way, but you only have, you can only have the everyday resilience if you think about uh, it in, in, in a specific way, which I didn't. And then after the 100 miler, I went on the biggest, like, four months of drinking and uh, smoking and doing fucking shit that I shouldn't been doing for four months until the start of January. And yet again, I placed this other big distraction in front of me. We'll go, we'll go one bigger, 200 miles, right? <laughs> Just searching again constantly. Because I, I, at that point, I was very low, very, very low. Like, towards the end of, like, December 2018, very low, um, like uh, to the point where I just didn't want to live anymore. Like you know, I I really didn't want to live anymore. I didn't want to keep going. I didn't feel the um, the purpose in it. I didn't feel on like you know why am I why am I living a life I don't want to live? Is the question that I was asking. Mm-hmm. Right, and it's like uh, even that question really is it just shows somebody who's not willing to actually fucking make things better. You know, that's the you know do you have do you have the courage to try and make your life better? You know, and I don't mean lose weight or get a new job or whatever. Make your life better. Make who you are to you better. You know, um, be a better person to yourself. That's really difficult, I think. For, for me, it was very hard. Um, and it wasn't until kind of like I, I, I was. It was a corollary. It was like a, a corollary of this of training for this two hundred mile race was this realization that I had absolutely no idea why I was training for it. I had no idea why I was, why I was, you know, up waking up at fucking half four or five o'clock in the morning to go running before work. I had no real idea. But that's again, the thing about, about ultra marathon is, is that it, it can, if you, if you listen to yourself, which I hadn't been at all, if you listen to yourself, it will teach you those questions, those, those things. Cause I remember, I remember being actually like, out, out there on my own and, and it was the first time I'd run without music I, I religiously would run with music because that was that was keeping the fucking the bad things away and it was also like a distraction and like a bit of company as well because you could get quite lonely out training on your own and there's no one around it's dark and you're trying to you're, you're training um, you know you, you, you would keep your company and it was when that morning that I ran and my headphones died I go back to that time every time because it was the first time where I actually like called myself out. I was like, "You're doing this again, like you know." It was the marathon first, then it was the ultra marathon, the the hundred miler, and now you're like training for two hundred miler. Like, how did you get to this? And 
how dare you think you can do it as well. Mm. You know, like how dare you think that you are this person that's so fucking magical that you're going to be able to do this in four months, train for a 200 mile race in four months. Right? And there's people who dedicate their entire lives, entire lives to, to doing these things. And I'm still a bit like that too, though. Because like, I, I remember saying to my buddy, I want to do this thing. It'll probably encompass me swimming the channel. People are like, that'll be about three years of training. I'm like, one, be grand. You know, mm. be grand. One year, fine. So I still have that bit of thing, which is kind of good too. You know, you, 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 you have to fucking back yourself as well, you know, and you have to realize that, um, you know, you're not made of glass. Yeah. And you can push yourself. And uh, that would be really pushing myself because swimming in open water, all that kind of stuff, not good. It wouldn't be my, I'm good swimmer, very good, physically capable, but it's just, that it's about getting over that idea that you're miles and miles from land. Do you know that, 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 yeah. that would be a big one for me. Probably not for 90% of the world, um, but just would seem kind of freaky to me. Um, but I did go through that and, and I realized that if, I had, if, I, if I'm training for this and I listened to, who I, to what I'm doing, I actually, uh, there's a lot of lessons out there. And I thought back to the 100 mile race and I thought back even further. But the first thing I started to think about was, because like, I remember asking myself, like, why the fuck are you out here? Like, you know, honestly, like, it's like, because it was hard, you know? So I'm like, why, why are you doing this? Because everybody thinks it's mental. So there's got to be something that's pushing you to do this, right? And I didn't really know how to answer the question. I was like, I fucking don't know, babe. Be honest, I started spitting out the old shit. Then, like, kind of mm. going, "Oh, she, we were running for tie boxing, and then it just kind of seemed like a natural thing, you know, to, to just be an athlete again and start doing this." Like, what are you, what are you fucking on about? Like, you know, you're not running ten k fucking races on the weekend here. Like, you know, you're training for fucking three hundred and twenty four kilometers. Why are you doing this? What? Why is this? It, it it really was because I couldn't forgive myself for so many things that I wanted to do something that would maybe make me feel like I was worthwhile, like I was a worthy individual, like I was worthy of living. Such a weird thing to, to even say is like trying to run an ultramarathon to prove to yourself that you're worthy of living. That's, that's what I came down to. I didn't forgive myself for multiple different things in my life, multiple different things that ate me up inside. To, to the outside world, I'm this super tough guy getting up at four o'clock in the morning in February, fucking pissing rain, ice cold outside and running these 30 kilometer runs before work. But yet, absolutely fucking terrified of his own mind. Terrified that something would happen. And the fragility of my mind was astounding. Someone would say something to me, it could stay with me for 10 days. More. Years. Right? And, and that was because they were pointing at something that I couldn't fucking deal with because yeah. I already felt like I was worthless, right? I already felt like everything that I had touched was turned into shit and this victim mentality. So if someone said to me, like my boss said a perfectly, perfectly good thing of, look, Connor, look, you know, two weeks there now, your performance hasn't been great. Like, you know, um, what, what, and he, and, and it wouldn't even be like, you're shit. It would be, what can we do? Like, you know, to, to help you out. Like, and I'm there like, who's this guy fucking pulling me apart here? Like, you know? And that's all this, that's all nothing to do with him, nothing to do with him. It had everything to do with how I viewed myself. How, how was I, how did I feel about Connor? And, uh, and I didn't feel good about him and I didn't feel like he was, 
I didn't feel like I I, I was probably felt like I was a good person, but I don't think that I was like uh, I didn't think that I was living up to the expectation I had for myself. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, was this the was this the lens then that or the frame within which Project Thirty Two was built? Were you still in this mindset? No, it, well, it was. It was in the transitionary period. It's And I still am, I think, in a transitionary period. And we're all only trying to make sense of our lives anyway. Yeah. We're all fucking, like, there's no fucking, you can buy as many books and all that shit you want. There's no one knows yeah. for certain how to live. No one. I don't even know if there is a way to live. We're so fucking far removed from, yeah. from the animals that we were for fucking 20,000 years ago. That it's 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 unimaginable for someone to because a book that's written thirty years ago isn't fucking applicable anymore now. Three years ago, you know, this is the thing. So I'm like, you can read books and it might give you some good, might help you build some good tools. And if you're in the position to apply them, this is the thing. It's like you can read as many books as you fucking want, but if you're the way I felt at that time, there's nothing gonna fucking save you. Mm. You need to fucking. You need to look in here, like, you know, and and maybe those are the tools you need or the tools that allow you to look in here. And that's like talking to a counsellor, talking to a therapist. They can help you get into the nitty gritty of that, like, you know, and I think I I I I bypassed that, but I, I'm very open to talking to a counsellor and it's, and I very, thing is, I am very open to it, but would I go about and do it? I don't know yet. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm like, I want to start, I want, I'm, I'm, I'm in this, frame now of kind of trying to figure things out and I feel like I've got a good handle on it my my base everyday um kind of life really is fucking pretty I like it yeah I love living my life now yeah you know and I don't um I don't have this fucking want or desire to prove anything to myself and I think I did when project 32 was around this is why what you said to me, which you'll repeat now for, for the listeners, what you said to me earlier on when I asked you how it went, this is why I know what you're saying now is true because you said to me that now you feel at peace mm. and you've got headspace and you feel calm. And a very, very, I think we might have discussed this before, a very common um, phenomenon with anybody who's doing things that are really difficult or the Olympics is one people always use or who win a championship or is they feel miserable almost immediately afterwards because it was actually the pursuit of the thing. Number one, that was the the thing that made them happy and potentially number two was the thing that kept them distracted from the things that they should have been thinking about. So mm. once that's gone away, you're left in this, you're left in the zone, which for you was the reason why you started doing these runs in the first place. But you didn't say that. You said you were at peace. You were calm. Mm. You weren't immediately like, okay, I have to plan it now. You've just jumped on me here now. You are planning the next one, but you're not immediately doing something I, I have away. I have nothing concrete whatsoever. I have yeah. I, I like thinking about things. And then that's not at all, you know, a bad thing. You know, thinking about stuff is good, right? And uh, and uh, thinking about having adventures is a great thing because you have to think about them for them to happen, right? Yeah. So like, Think about all the adventures you can. Everybody that's listening, you know, think about all the adventures that you want to do and uh, pick one that you want to try and make into real life, right? That's the that's the the basis of it. Now, I, I talked about this at the end of Project 32 and loads of people messaged me about it saying like, that's really cool. It's like the elements of an adventure. Like you have to have a, you know, have to be certain about them starting. You have to have an uncertain end and then they have to come to an end to, to allow another yeah. adventure to start, right? Those are the two key elements of an adventure and my thing is you gotta fucking be like yeah it's starting we're doing it and then completely uncertain about the end right about how it's going to, like or what's going to happen in the middle right 
and then um they have to end and they have to they like that's the thing that people i think struggle with a lot of the time is um you know people go off traveling or maybe they you know they do something like they move to a different country or whatever this this is me talking in my own experience i moved to a different country thought oh this is going to be unreeling and grow and all that stuff not it isn't it does nothing for, it did nothing did nothing for me because i wasn't in the position to 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 learn from it that's the thing about something like project 32 or any challenge that you go with if you're doing it, for me, I felt like at the start, when I first thought about Project 32, it was, yes, again, this feeding of bigger, 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 where we did a marathon, 100 miles, 200 miles. Now it's Project 32 fucking two. We got to do 32 marathons, 32 days. And we're going to put weight on. We're going to do all this kind of shit, crazy stuff, right? And I think that was definitely fueled at the beginning because I came up with that in September 2019. And I really feel like I was... Um, I was making great headway and I was starting to realize a lot of things. And a, and a lot, a lot of the things were that I was the reason that I was feeling so terrible about myself um, and that I was my own worst enemy and my own biggest critic and that I could change that and I could be my own best friend and I could put my armor on myself and I could realize that if I actually talked myself better, felt about myself better, that I was then able to start enacting these things to make my life better. Um, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do the external without the internal. So that actually really is the reason why I finished the 200 mile race was that I never held anything where I'm, and this is, an, and I, and just because you feel a certain way now doesn't mean that it's going to be with you the whole time because I completely lost track of everything. Everything that made, everything that made my 200 mile a success was everything that made the last Kerryway Ultra a disaster. That's interesting. Because I didn't have it. Yeah. I didn't have what I had in, in the 200 mile race. I had no expectation of myself. And I had, and I had absolutely no problem with failing or falling flat on my fucking face and kind of going, this is 200 mile race. This is a big, I'm taking a big bite out of something here now and I don't know if I'm going to be able to fucking swallow this, right? Let's try it. And that's such a lovely part of an adventure is not fucking knowing whether you're going to be able to do it or not. That's yeah. brilliant. It's a, it's the it's the fucking if you're going to do an adventure and even project 32 which was the reason why it was so surprising that it was that it went so well was I don't know. That's why I added the weight element to it was I don't know because I probably would have I was thinking to myself I probably would be able to do 32 marathons 32 days. If I fucking had to drag myself over the lane I'd do it like, you know. Adding the weight, fuck Jesus Christ, I don't know. But it's also another element where I'm like, I don't know if many other ultramarathon runners in the country would have been able to do it with the weight too. So that was another thing. It was like, I was trying to one-up fuckers, like, you know, for no reason, really, other than still feeding this kind of one-up, one-upmanship, right? Yeah. Um. So the people that said to you, um, the people said to you, he's running from something, he's running from something, definitely have um, a, a valid point. You know, and definitely have this thing because, like, because action without reflection is just action. You know, but action with reflection is growth. Mm. You know, and I think that's what um, failing at Kerryway Ultra is the best thing that's ever happened to me. Um, because if you think about the things as well, I was just saying there that everything that helped me do the two hundred miler, because I had no, I was, 
I was my fucking, my own buddy, boy. I was my own. I was everything that, every shit thing that was being thrown at me in this 200 mile race. I was like, we can do it, boy. We'd be grand. We'll, we'll fly this, like, you know? And I just had this kind of, I just, I, 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 I built my own belief through evidence. I was like, we're after doing 160 miles. We've 40 left. Be grand. And I was like, we're after doing 175, 25 left. And then towards the end, then I was like, keep running, keep just Let's go to that tree. Run, 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 run. And that was it. It was like, fuck it, we're here now. We might as well just try and finish it out. Like, you know? Um, then when you go, and then I did some more ultra stuff in the middle of that, which I really enjoyed and I I I loved it. Uh, but I, I set soft targets for myself as well in those things. I, I said I said that I wanted to do 100 miles in less than 24 hours. I did it in 21, which I thought like, was like, oh my God, it's great. But I always knew I could have. The real push would have been under 20, you know, not under 24. But to put it, but right, right then, I, I think I wanted, a, I wanted a victory. You know, I wanted to put my hands up and go, yeah, I did it. You know, so I didn't, I didn't want to push myself into that thing of I'll, I'll fail at this, right? Or, or I may or may not fail. So I, um, but when I went to Kerry Way, right? And this is a great, it's actually a great way of discussing Project 32 because this kind of came out from that, right? And the reason why Project 32, I think, was uh, a success, right? Um, spoiler alert. I did it. Did you uh, do it? I did no it. No way. Um, but Kerry Way Ultra for me was... the antithesis of the 200 mile race it was everything that the 200 mile it was it was me trying to win the fucking race right with no like again i suppose this is another thing that it kind of mimics the 200 mile race is that there's no fucking i had no position no place to say that i'm going to win this race i'd never done a, a long distance trail run before you know ever and i was just doing it because i thought Everything I've touched and everything I've went that so far has been great. If I if I just say what I'm going to do, it'll be grand, you know? It won't be grand. But also, when I did that, I almost put this voice inside my head that's not my best friend, but is the, is the, you need to fucking hurry up. You need to do this. You need to do that. You have to fucking do this. If you're going to fucking be in a, a chance to do it, you have to do this right now. And then started giving myself shit because I started too slow. So I started way too slow because I didn't think of it as a race. I thought of it as finishing for the for the start. And I'd forgotten that I was trying to race it. And then I was like, okay, fucking no, we gotta we gotta push, 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 push. And I thought I knew way more than I did as well, right? Really thought I knew way more than I did. And that's the, the those things just make a perfect melting pot for somebody who's gonna break down and somebody who's gonna get themselves injured and someone who's going to uh, be in a position where they're fucked right? That's what happened. And it was all coming from in here. It was all coming from my mind. And that was this, this, um, should, I should be doing this. I should do this. I should say I'm, I'm, I'm going to go and win this, you know, blah, blah. It, it'll make for a good soundbite type thing. Do you mm -hmm. know that kind of way? It was yeah. like, I'm going to, I'm going to try and win this. I'm going to fucking come for next. All harsh it. It's like, that's not me. Like, that's not me. I don't even like races. Really. I like shit that like b blows my mind. Do you know when I think about it? And 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 at the time Project 32 blew my fucking mind. 1350 weighted kilometers. Thought that was pretty fucking cool, like you know and I and it blew my fucking mind. And I, and then then I got mixed up with this whole thing of wanting to 
and I will definitely do races again because they are fun. But like, they're not as fun to me as me kind of going right. Could I do? Could I do this? You know, could can this be done? Yeah, is another if thing. If there's a race, you know it can be done because people do it exactly. You if know, it's a like, different thing. like something like uh, like the Barclays or something like that. Yeah, would 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 be something that I'd love to be interested in. But saying that, I'm I'm at least five or six years away from something like that. So two or three, right? So two or three in my books. No, five or six years. T- thinking about it, I'm probably ten, but five or six, right? Because that takes an awful lot of. That takes years of training blocks. So you're like, you, you know, like your training blocks for races. That's really what, what, like you train a block to get yourself into the perfect peak peak for a race. Then you're another couple of weeks off of starting another training block or months off and starting another, I'm, I'm still not, and this is just me being honest. I'm still not at the races physically after Project 32. I'm not, I'm just, I, I get tired really easily in the gym which is okay, and I'm understanding my body, and I'm not punishing my body for being fucking tired. You know what I mean? That's something that I would have done before, though. Yeah. But um, w- but I I I do I do think that that had to happen. Kerry Way had to happen. It was going to whatever. If it wasn't Kerry Way, it was going to be something else. Yeah. Uh, and it had to happen. And then it also showed me that I was just biting off way too much. You know, way too much for me to chew. You know, and yeah. and was. Doing Kerry Way, thinking Kerry Way is going to be a success. Everything else has been a success. It's unreal. I finished Hell Week. At this point, I knew I had finished Hell Week. So I was like, I finished Hell Week. Did all these other hard shit. Be grand. I can do this. Yeah. And I was just loading up my plate. And then I loaded up Project 32. And I said, I'm going to do Project 32 in November. So it would have been, what, seven weeks after I finished? Something like that. And um, nine weeks, I think. But uh, like really... You're not going to fucking train the next day after carry away, you know what I mean? So you're talking about seven, six and a half weeks of training, right? To, to get ready for Project 32, which is not a running test, really. Which I, I only figured out. Because I didn't do a lot of running to train for Project 32, uh, which people think is weird. The most I ran for Project 32, and I was going to do 300, is it 334 kilometers a week? The most I had done in one week in the training blocks for Project Jerry 2 was 114. So, what, okay, I better ask you asking some questions about Project 32 now yeah. so people listen to this episode. Why? Because I, I remember asking you on the episode we did beforehand, how do you mm. train for something like this that hasn't been done? There's no standards for it. There's, how do you do it? So why did you decide that that was the right way to go about the training as opposed to I need to be hitting these numbers, I need to be peaking at 3.34 the week of the, the race, why were you doing less than half? What 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 drove those decisions? I don't know. Boy, <laughs> to be honest, I, it just whatever felt right. Okay, to me at so the it was time, intuitive. Absolutely, because this is the thing, right? Project Thirty Two is intuitive because you have to stay with your body every minute of every run, and you have to stay in tune because something when you're do, talking about thirty two days. If day 10, your foot starts to fucking destroy you, you've 22 left. So you need to be, before that thing becomes an issue, you need to know about it. So you need to be fucking plugged into whatever is happening at your body at all times. It's very tiring, actually. And that's why I was like falling asleep in the car every time I'd get into the car after the marathons, which is a weird thing for me because I'm usually fucking hype as fuck after, the, after running. But uh, when I... 
so that's the way I trained for Project 32 would be the way that I would do Project 32, listening to my body. What does my body want from me? And from, I did a few bit of testing basically on running with the weighted vest, right? And I realized that it was going to take an awful lot of endurance in terms of my bones and my like sinews and tissues and and tendons and all of those things would be really, really tested. I remember doing my first long training run with the weighted vest and waking up the next day. My two hips were fucked anyway, because that's the that's the kind of the it because when you when you take a step down on your left hand side, let's say. Your, the weighted vest throws you over to the left, so your your throws you over to the left, so your left and your right hip, your adductors have to work very hard. You don't know that uh, until you get to the end and and you wake up the next day and your adductors are really fucking at you, right? So that was one thing. Two, the the second thing I noticed was my ankles and my knees were very sore, not muscularly, like my bones were, my my my. Uh, my my bones and my tendons, my t- tendons on the two sides of my knee, I'd be pressing them and they would feel very tender, like someone had hit them, you know? So it wasn't like a, a normal thing. So like basically they weren't ready for the carrying of, the, of that load for that long. So I was like, it doesn't matter actually how much running I do. If my muscles and if my tendons and bones and all this kind of stuff aren't used to taking this type of weight and pressure, they, 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 they just crumble, you know, and I knew the running would come, you know, I knew the running would, would come in. Um, it actually came in slightly earlier than I thought it would. Um, but it's, it's all, it's, and it's, it's, it's a pure story of like, um, you know, uh, it's darkest before the dawn type of thing where you're like, you realize you have it at the point where you're feeling your shittest. Do you know that kind yeah, of way? Yeah, That's yeah. what happened in Project 32. So we'll go through the whole thing. And I actually didn't never talked about the last day. Right, but I I'll talk about the last day because this is what this episode is about is about the last day, but it's also talking about the the process of it. So my now that it's a success, I know I I'm looking at it and I'm going, yeah, I now know why it was a success training ways because I I was built for purpose. I wasn't built to run. I was built to run carrying weight. That's what I did. So like there's um like if I'm you know if I was looking at things. So, so I knew that my adductors and my obliques muscles, my sides and my muscles, like I'm, I'm a thick, I have a thick body now because of the work that I've done with this. It's like I could lose an enormous amount of fat and I'd still put a, a, a t-shirt on and I'd look wide because I've got this thick oblique muscles going on inside. And that was built through like suitcase carries. No one thinks that's so carrying, carrying like 35, 40 kilo dumbbells on one side, keeping your hips straight. And that's building that blocks of muscle that is going to, it's like, do you ever see people that do their meniscus or whatever? It's like pack muscle around it, pack muscle around it. Like you don't even need your meniscus or something apparently. Like if you pack enough muscle around your fucking, your, uh, your, your quads, right? So like pack muscle into those areas where you're feeling like shit the next day after these runs. Then I was like, right, okay, I'm going to put the vest on and I'm going to go hyper um, tension on the muscles that were and on on the areas that were 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 um were, were feeling the most. So I put the vest on, sometimes twenty kilos, so forty four pounds, and skip. So I'd take my shoes off, so it would just be my bare feet on the ground. Skip, 
and just skip three, four minute sets, three, four minute sets, three, four or five sets, right? At the end of it, calves like so fucking full of blood, you don't even know where your fucking calf is anymore, <laughs> right? And those, and I wouldn't do them all the time because that leads to the thing, but I, I do them enough to the point where my muscles are like, eh, well, you need to fucking start doing some shit here now. If this, you know, if we want to keep doing what he wants us to do, we're going to have to get bigger and stronger and more tensile and all this kind of stuff. So I was like, that's the type of stuff I did. So I was like, if I can, if I, if these areas that are hurting me, like my shoulders would start to hurt me as well. I was like, shrug it, shrugs the shit out of it, shrugs, loads of shrugs, carries, so carrying things as well that would that would then put pressure on the shoulder as well. So all these things, if it's like if I'm doing all this stuff and I'm running, and my body has kind of gotten to the point where I did two back to back marathons right along the way, and people didn't know how big that was right because it's like oh, if I can do two back to back marathons and I'm running them at a fairly fairly grand pace, then by the time I reach par- marathon like seven or eight or nine or ten, by the time my body will just have adapted. That's what I thought. It's like. Eight, nine, ten, tenth one. I should have adapted to. When you say two back to back marathons, you mean in training or in in the, training? In training, in training. Yeah. I did two back to back marathons in training, and I was like to myself, I was like, do I do more? Basically, what you want to do is you want to see how you are on day three. If you feel like, yeah, I could run another marathon, don't run another marathon. If you feel I am actually fucked here, you could either run another marathon or and actually properly show yourself that you could do it if you were pushed or you say, right, okay, we need to we need to rebuild, we need to re-ramp back up to that again. So you can take a couple of days off and then start building up again to that again. And then you're ready for your 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 kind of big weeks. I got injured right at the time when I was going to be doing three three marathons on the trot, four marathons on the trot. I got injured like that that week. Um which stopped all of that. So for me I was like, what can I do? Because I remember talking to you about the injury yeah. when we came up here to do the the pre the pre, the pre, the Project, pre 32. Project 32 one. And I was like, I'll be rested, you know? Yeah. I'll be rested. That's the way I had to choose to to look at it because there was no other way. If I look if I looked at it negatively and had the injury, then I I just don't know if I would have been in the right headspace. So I was like, I'll be rested. I'll be grand. I've gotten injured before things before, and it's turned out pretty alright. So uh, when I got to that end. I feel like I was giving myself, my body, the time to, like, settle itself. I was a lot bigger then. I was, uh, I like, you would probably wouldn't have noticed it, but, like, within myself, you know, you're looking at yourself in the mirror. I had put on an awful lot more muscle, and so running was more difficult as well because I was, I had more muscle to fuel. Um, but it was also, it was also easier in another way where it was, like, my muscles were okay with it. My lungs would be, would have been more, like, more stressed than my muscles were because my muscles were conditioned my bones and stuff like that and tendons and all those tissues were conditioned they were ready to do it and that's why when I got to day one and I woke up the next day and then it was time to enter unknown territory because I'd run a full marathon with the 32 pounds four and I woke up on on day two and I ran the other weighted marathon it was like okay we're doing it we're you know it, it is being done and we finished it. And then we got to day three and I was like, Jesus, you know, this is, this is going to take an awful lot. But it was, it was just keeping the same thought pattern and the same movement pattern up every time. So I'd always keep to the same rate of perceived exertion, like how hard I thought I was working, which was very low. 
I, I, I wanted to keep it very low. I was like four out of 10. Like I really want to keep like just above strolling pace, basically, you know, and get them done. And we, we kept going, going, going. And it was day five. It was my longest marathon. It took me the longest time to get it done. It took me six hours and five minutes, something like that, to get it done. And after I finished that, it was a hard day now. And I finished it and I came home and I was like, we're going to do it. You I knew. I knew we were going to do it. Maybe. I was like, I got to day five and I, I thought it would be day 10. Because I had set these milestones in my head. It was like day 10, day, uh, day, uh, day 10, day 16. It's a halfway mark. Day 23, because there's only single figures left after that. Um, and, and those were my three milestones. I didn't know. I didn't think about day five. Day five was like, that's the hard days. Don't yeah, think yeah, about yeah. those. And I and I had my hardest day. And my, it was one of those days where I couldn't fucking wait to get the vest off, right? But when I got to the end of it, I was like, all right, another pound has gone out. We're going to do this. I knew it. I knew it. I, I didn't even say anything to anybody. Because I didn't want to say anything to the lads because for me, I was almost ruining the story. You know, for me, I'm like, oh, you know, I didn't want to let them know that I'm not going to struggle at all because I knew I wasn't going to. At that point, I was like, there might be some injuries creep up, but we'll get over them. You know, I knew I wasn't going to have to dig deep into the well, which is a weird thing because I thought I would. I I, I was having real fears about because I it was like, you know, I'm, have, I'm two weeks away from having my son now. I'm like. I was having real fears about what am I going to be like physically at the end of this? Will I be able to hold my son? You know, that was the way I was thinking about this. I was like, I honestly thought that like carrying that weight and I, I even put, and I even put all the weight back in in the last day, you know, when we finished and I put it back on. I was like, how the fuck did I do this? You know what I mean? Yeah. But it was, I think it was because um, it was the, the years leading up to Project 32 were the hardest part, really. Because I was there was lots of times where that there there was the element even the first time when it was when it was postponed because of covid it was that it was still acting as a part of a distraction and then you're like oh god it's gone now you know let's try and focus on things you know what i mean and i i i even think back right to to those times project 32 and all that kind of, and the lead up around that and the, and that summer um, I was single at the time, right? But I felt like I was getting into the position where I could be in a relationship with somebody, right? Um, but I felt like I had so much work to do. But there was a part of me that said, there's only so much you can do without actually doing it, getting into a relationship, you know? And I, I kind of put it out there, you know? I put it out there at the start of the year kind of thing. And then I, I met Mel, right? And like people are like, you know, people can fucking say that I'm romanticizing this. Like I knew straight away as like, I saw her on the beach. I was like, yeah, that's it. You know, let's try and get this person. Lock yeah. it in. Lock it in. Yeah. It was like Target final acquired. answer, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so I started the relationship or whatever. This is, this is kind of going around about things, but it's like you have to sometimes go through and do the thing to realize that you can do it. And yeah. that was what Project 32 was like too. Okay. So it was like I had to go through it and realize and get to day five. I was really early in and I didn't want to say anything to anybody at that time, but I was like, I knew. It's like five. We've done the five heaviest days in a row and I'm still not fucked. We'll be grand. We'll do it. Like, that's sure, like, crazy. I've only five more days and then it's 22 pounds, 10 kilos. <laughs> it's fucking nutting in my mind. You know what? That's the way I was thinking about it, you know? And um, it's not, it's not, um, 
It's not, it's, it, and I'm not being, you know, um, disingenuous about this. That's how I felt afterwards. I was like, I knew we were going to fucking, we were going to, we were going to rock it out. Like, you know, and, uh, it, my, I, I'll say this, that big props to my, uh, to my coach, Dunica, right? Fit for long, at fit for long on Instagram. Uh, you probably know him. If you're listening to this and you follow me on Instagram, you know yeah, he who ran he is. Um, quite a few of the days with you. Didn't yes, he did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's <sighs> such a good dude. Yeah. Such a good, such a good friend. He's not even my coach really anymore. He's my friend and like my uh, advisor, confidant, everything. Did so, I meet Donnick on day one with you? Which on day one in the in Phoenix Park? You you just gone. We would have just passed you briefly. He he would have been the guy that was next to me. All right, in the in the luminous hat. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very muscular, fit, Adonis looking man. That's him basically. And he um he said to me like when we were going down do my strength tests. Basically, we we're like basically testing. We didn't really do much run testing. Really, it was you know because I think we both were on the same page. Like you're gonna have to be just super strong for this. Just be super strong. Try and be as strong as you can for how big you are. You know what I mean? Because I'm, I'm not. I like. There's a lot of, there's a lot of limb there to put muscle on. You know, so just get strong in the core, your back, your, your you know, all the core muscles, your spinal column, everything. Get all that nice and nice and strong. We're going to do the strength tests anyway, and it wasn't that I was off the charts on the strength tests at all, not not whatsoever. I was doing well, but he said to me every time we go down, he's like, I I think you're going to fly this by, like, like you know, and and I know him. And I know when he's being like, when he's just trying to put a good spin on something. Yeah. And I know when he's like, really like, I think you're going to fucking, I think you're going to do this, man. And I don't think, I think it's going to be easy for you. Like, that's the way he was talking to me about it. And I was like, no, 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 don't say that. No, don't, don't, don't let those thoughts in. But um, it turned out that it just went well, just went really well. And like, that was it. We started f f first five days were very challenging in terms of the unknown aspect of it. After day five, I was like, going to fucking do this. Did you notice know day to day, was there a significant difference dropping that pound every day? Or was it because it was so gradual, it, it didn't re... I know you said when you put the 32 on at the end, you went from one to 32. That's a big jump. Huge jump. But day to day, was it different? Or is it... Because there's so many different variables, the weather, the, mm. the, the terrain. The was the fucking... The heat was a that mad looked brutal. part of it. That, was, that looked brutal. That was the reason why the heat was so bad. Oh, I'm just spilling tea. Don't mind my this. custom table. Yeah, there. don't mind that custom table. <laughs> just spill tea everywhere. Apologies. We'll we'll mop that up in a moment. I I'll mop that up Garçon? in a moment. Yeah. Hey, so how, Where, oh, come over here. It's me. It's yeah, it's me. you. It's you. It's, it's you who cleans it up. Um, I'll just spill the rest. Of it. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what they say? You, spill, you can clean a stain with wine. Red, white wine cleans red wine. Oh, does it? I haven't. Don't try it. Yeah. Don't try it as a home, ladies and gentlemen. This is a man who's unverified who, who's who's drinking both color wines at the same time. He's not to be trusted. <laughs> um, but uh, no, the weight didn't seem too different in the first first five days. Not at all. It just felt heavy. Okay, really. yeah, just yeah. felt super heavy. Day 10, I think it was because I had built it up in my mind. I was like, ah, it's 22 pounds. It's exactly 10 kilos. You know, that's perfect. Like, I, I'll be I'll be able to carry that for the rest of the way. When I got to day 10, it felt really light. Okay. Day day 11 felt super light. Like, it's like I'm I'm in single figures of kilos now. And I'm, yeah. and I'm fucking feeling great. Okay. I felt really good. But it was in and around then when it started to get really hot. Yeah. So... The, the the reason why the heat played such a fucking big role was because um, I had to get up super early. So I had to get up at 4 a.m. so that I could, um, so that we could try and beat the heat a bit. Mm. Like, you know, we're starting around half five or whatever. Uh, and 
in fairness, we actually got some beautiful mornings. Like, really, it's such a nice time to be up. You yeah. know, sunrise. It's magical. It, it is. is magical. It is beautiful. And it's like one of those things you're like, why don't you do it more? It's like, because you like sleeping. Because you like being in bed. Because you like sleeping, and that's fine too. Uh, but got, got up on those days, and it was great as well because we would lose some recovery in sleep, but we would gain some recovery in terms of like, we wouldn't be as rushed about doing things at the other end of the marathon. We finished before, before, before noon, maybe. Um, and so it, um, it gave us more time at the other end of it to, to kind of get things right. So there was positives, loads of positive sides there too. There'd be a few days there where I was finishing and it was like 28 degrees. Oh, um, Jesus. You'd be, you'd be doing the last hour and it'd be 20, 26 or seven, eight degrees. Yeah, it's a lot. And, um, it just, it, it did, it did uh, take an awful lot out of you. We just zapped at the end of it. Just like, those were the days, you probably know the days that I was I didn't post shit all. Yeah. Nothing on Instagram, nothing. I was just like, I can't. I just need to close my The five eyes. to eight boys had your back. Yeah, anyway. oh, they, they were, they were they, I was just, reshare, reshare, yeah, yeah. reshare. That's, that's, that's the best. Because like, I just didn't have it in me to, mm. to be trying to fucking do it. And I'm like, certain days I take a video, I'm like, day 20. 21 marathon's done <laughs> thanks do you know just like yeah. that and um, it was just because I really was conscious as well that like yes you want this to be a spectacle and you want you want people to look at it and enjoy it and and take it in um, but at the other end of it like you have to make sure you do it mm. and you have to make sure that you're looking after yourself too and you're making sure that you're giving yourself every opportunity to succeed yeah um, so we 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 got through the heat, the hot days, and to be honest with you, like towards the end, and I hate to think talk about this in this way. It's just honest the way I honestly felt. I was kind of like, let's just get to the end. This know? was my question because this was a lot more manageable. You'd almost be forgiven for thinking that there was an anticlimax when you get to the end. How did that last day feel compared to how in your head you thought it was going to be at the start? You're looking at this mountain. You're like, fuck, when I get over this, it's mm. gonna be amazing. Yeah, it's gonna be fireworks and. Mel's gonna be there with slow motion with flowers in her hair, and yeah. we're gonna have the sun right there yeah. at the, on the finish line. Gonna, if he was born right there, it would have been fucking brilliant. Yeah. Uh, how how did the realities of it compare? Because it was a lot more manageable. Look, to be honest with you, i i had um, I had pictured it a certain way or whatever, but I don't think that I would change in any way how it actually how it actually finished up. And I think for me. It, it it didn't matter that it was easier than I expected. It was, um, it mattered that I did it, you know, and it mattered that f- something that I thought of three years ago was now able to finally come to fruition, you know, and was actually finally able to, I was finally able to actually um, put the full stop on that, on that passage of time, you know, and, and, yeah. and, and, Especially in times when, because after I finished, after I finished the Kerryway Ultra and uh, I had that time where I was like still trying to train for Project 32, um, I, my body was fucked, like fucked beyond belief, just felt like shit, really bad. Um, still trying to fucking fight through it to, to get it done, but I was like, what is the, what, what would you say to yourself like you know what would you say to the to your best mate like you know what would you you'd be like you're banging your head against the wall here like yeah you know you're not you're not doing what you actually say you're all about which is compassion 
understanding yourself, realizing that there's, you know, tomorrow's another day as well and this too shall pass, you know, that this this way you feel about it will pass too. So again, it was insecurity that kept me kept Project Thirty Two on the on the radar. It was I, I just didn't want to have another failure. You know, I didn't want to I didn't want to show weakness again. Yeah. You know, and I'm, and that's just the honest thing. It was it was insecurity. It was it was this thing of my my perception within within people's minds that follow me was was more important than mine at that point, and that's dangerous. And I realized it, and I goes right. You need to pull the plug on it, uh, and you need to reevaluate where you are with fucking running because this is not healthy and it's dangerous, and you're going to end up like you were with Thai boxing, broken hearted in bits, no idea how you're going to fucking pick up the pieces. You're going to end up like that again. So you need to pull a plug on this whole fucking Project 32 caper and you need to realize that you're a human being and you can't just keep lumping shit on top of yourself and re- and and expect you to be fucking class at it every time because that's not the way the world works and that's not the way life goes. And um, you need to fucking be nicer to yourself. And I, wa- I, hadn't, I, ha- I wasn't at that time. I wasn't fucking... I was very... Um, I was very angry. I was very short with Mel. Uh, myself and Mel had a rough, really rough pat- patch in our, our relationship at that time. I wasn't seeing things from her point of view. She wasn't seeing my, things from, from my point of view. And, and uh, um, you know, uh, we, we really clashed. And I, it was a time where we could have really, ha- I, I could have really used having that um, great uh, comrade. But I, I, I wasn't in the position, I wasn't giving her, I wasn't allowing her to do it. Yeah. You know, and I and I wasn't uh, because I was in a bit of a, a victim mentality and a, and a self destruct mode as well again, and I had gotten into that kind of the, the way of life nowhere near where I was before. But I uh, this time at least I knew I was in it, and sometimes you just actually have to allow yourself to be angry, you know, and just kind of throw your fucking hands up in the air and go, I don't I don't really know what's happening, and I don't know what to do, and that's fine, and I'll figure it out. You know, tomorrow's another day. Yeah. This too shall pass. We will, we will see the other side of it, you know. So I had to take a step back from running and training and all of the percep- perceptions and personas that I had built for myself uh, around ultramarathon, or I almost said tie boxing there, um, but that's just the way it is. It's like uh, around ultramarathon, I was like, I don't want to be falling down this trap again of running away from things, you know, of of running away. Because it's only at that point where you realize that you've only done a little bit of the work you need to keep you need to keep realizing that you're a human being it's forever work it's every it day is work it is every day you're i'm never going to have it right and i never claim to have it right either i have i have a, a a way better general life yeah through the thoughts and patterns that i've had but uh like you know it was after that and i, and I took about 4 months to just live normal life not care about fucking um so strange, right? I I took a break from all that type of stuff. I actually took a lot more people out on the crew adventures doing those things. Really enjoyed that element of it too. But I got a load of work, which is very strange. I got a load of work with business with um with with uh, brands, right? That I was that I have been working with for ages, like Termarest, MSR, Platypus, um, Heli Hansen. Got loads of work like that. It was great financial time, um, but. Not great in terms of um, work on myself, but I think that I needed that time 
I I I I needed a break from fucking all of it, all of it, and actually realize that like life can just be life as well, you know, and mm. you can just let it happen. And um, I I then when it came to January of this year, I was like, right, we've reevaluated, you know, where all this ultra marathon stuff lies with us. We actually really enjoy doing it, and no one should fucking make you feel like you need to be anyone else but Connor. And the authentic self. And that's why I always talk about the authentic self. The authentic self will keep you from making mistakes and will keep you from fucking uh, living a life where you're filling it with distraction and you're filling it with um, this, these things because you don't want to face what's actually happening. And what's actually ha- what was actually happening for me before that was fucking ultramarathon was taking the place of Thai boxing. I couldn't be this weak person. I had, I had been un- I'd knocked unconscious again in the ring again in my own mind, you know? Mm. And if it's, if you don't, if you don't, if, if I didn't at that time realize it, I'd have just, ah, no, it's, it's, uh, Project Story 2 is rescheduled for this time and this is what we're going to do and then, I've, I've, all those four months that I could have had with a bit more freedom in my head and sp- head space, it would have been thinking about Project 32. So yeah. I didn't reset it until like February next of 2022, uh, March. Yeah. March 2022, I was like, yeah, we'll do it. July. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, but it wasn't as rushed as it seemed because I, I, I had really, I had already started to put uh, training in place and already starting to build my idea of what I would need to be to get Project Thirty Two done. So I already had all that in place. So I was, um, it seemed natural for me to do it. And then when I, when I, when it came to finally doing it, I think I was the only one that really knew that I was going to be able to do it. Do you know what I mean? Uh, and I was just like, it was just, and, and I was, I didn't want to be saying all the time, we're going to do this. I'm going to get it done. I'm going to finish it and all this kind of stuff. So I'm like, uh, that's for me. I, 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 I say that to yourself. Enjoy it. Know that you're going to do it. You don't have to tell everybody that you're going to do it. Just know you're going to do it. And that's, that's another element of it as well is that it's mine. Yeah. You know, Project Story 2 is, 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 it is for everybody, whoever wants to look at it. And this is another thing about people who have opinions about Project 32 or opinions about me, whether they're good, bad or indifferences. You're absolutely, you know, you're completely in your right to have that opinion. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Even when you're listening to me talking right now, you can say, well, this, this, that and the other and all this kind of stuff and expand on it. But just ask yourself w- why you think that is. Because like, there's another thing where I'm, uh, where, where I, I, talk about someone like David Goggins. I'm like, am I saying that because I'm afraid to live the way he lives? You know? Is yeah. he is he right in that way? Probably. Well, that's, I can tell you, that's why most of the people who made the comments about you made the comments about you because they know in their lives they're running from something in their own way mm. and it's by working harder at the job or working harder, whatever it is. It's, it's, it's not necessarily a positive working harder. Mm-hmm. They're working harder because it distracts them from having to stop and stand still. So they, they project that on somebody like you who's doing something. It's a, it's That's a natural It's completely response. understandable. Yeah, but yeah. Well. Like, I, I, I know that I was doing it when I was when I pointed at that that yeah. person that has the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Do you know? So, and, I, and, I, and then another, you know, so I pointed at this person with the book but I'm like, I'm the gun who, one who wants to have a book out. <laughs> so obviously there's a part of me that's yeah. going this fucking person here has a fucking book out and it's doing well. And they've done nothing to deserve it. It's doing well. And I've well. done everything to deserve it and it's I don't not, have my book. So you're like, yeah. well, what can you do now? Yeah. You can realize that that's the reason why you're probably pointing at this person with yeah. the book. 
you're going, right, I want to have the book out and this person has a fucking book out. What can you, what can you do? You can say, you can say a fair play to the person, right? But you have to believe it, you know? So that's the thing. It's like, we, we can map our minds and we can use these things of get over this, you know, and just going go, fair play, unreal, class, brilliant, best of luck with it. But if you don't actually believe it, you don't feed into it, then where does it leave you, you know? So yeah. I, I, I'm like, and then I picked up another book by you know, James Smith. You know, I do know on, James on, Smith. On, 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 uh, his new one is on confidence. Is it? Yeah, he's got a new. Is that, is that new? His new book. His new book is on confidence. He, 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 not a life coach is his first one. Was yes. it? And then he's got this. He's one. got a couple. He's, and I'm yeah. like, and I'm, uh, I'm like, uh, to him, I'm like, fair fucking play. And I am in, 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 really am like fair fucking play because loads and loads of people are probably like this fucking dickhead or blah, 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 and this kind of stuff. Who does he think he is to write a book? Um, he's the guy who wrote a best-selling book. Do you know he was one know? of the guys who who really helped me solidify this type of mindset in myself? Because I laugh about maybe two years ago, somebody brought up James Smith and I immediately scoffed. And I was like, that fucking wanker. I didn't really? even know this guy. Yeah, yeah, and I, it was the, I only knew him from social media and he's writing books and stuff like that. And my opinion of him was, he's not even that good of a personal trainer. Why does he have such a big following? And a part of it was ego and me because I have a, a good amount of information about strength and conditioning and all that kind of stuff from my, my previous life. And I was like, what? He, he doesn't have the credits. He's getting credit where he doesn't have the, the, the skills needed or he's not contributing enough for the validation that he's getting. Do you know what I think he has? I think he has an understanding of human beings that highly 100%. qualified strength and conditioning courts just don't. And he has also understood the game and played it really well. Mm. And that's something to be admired. And very soon after that, because someone pointed it out to me, he's like, I had a really extreme reaction. And I was like, why did I have that really mm. extreme? So I thought about it and then I did a complete, not that I love the guy now, but I really appreciate what he's done. And very recently I did a podcast on my podcast, The Primal Podcast, check it out. Yeah, The Primal. <laughs> with, uh, we're Martin, in the Primal Production Studios. The studios right yeah, now. Yeah. With Martin Brady. Martin, do you know Martin? No, I don't. Martin's an ex-Irish Army sniper and mm. he is a high performance coach now as well. And he's an absolute gentleman as well. It was mm. a great chat. And he spoke about when he was in the army when he was younger, looking at guys above him with the polished uniforms and this in great nick and he managed at a very young age to develop a really growth-orientated mindset, whereas instead of what he probably should have, would have done in most situations, like, who's this fucking guy, I think, with his buttons all buttoned up to the top and his boots polished, walking around like he's all this, he decided to look at people like this and learn from them mm. and say, they're doing something that I want to do, they're being something I want to be, and they challenge me on some level because I feel inadequate in myself. How do I learn from these guys mm. to be a better version of myself? Yeah. And it's not a very common attitude in Ireland, which I pointed out to Martin as well, is because we're very, we have a very begrudging nature here for some reason in our culture. And it's much easier to look at the guy in the nice car and say, fuck this guy, mm. as opposed to, what could I learn from this guy? I don't have to be him, but what could I learn from him if, if the nice car is what I want or the money is what I want or the gold medal is what I want? What can I learn from the guys who are doing it? And it's a hard thing to do because you need to admit to yourself that you're jealous or you want something. And that you're material. And that you're material. Yeah, you're materialistic, yeah. And that somebody else has it and you don't. Mm -hmm. And that you have to learn off them, which means you're a bit vulnerable. That's yeah. a hard thing to admit. But when you do, mm. it's powerful. It's very good. It's and like, powerful. I think for like what what you're saying, I think nearly everybody can relate. You oh, know, I think, I think, I think everybody, everybody can relate. Because yeah. like, there's this immediate thing. Do you ever do you ever make people stories? 
you know, you see somebody with this fucking flash car, and I mean, like, there's flash cars, and then there's the flash flash, and you're like, this guy here, what's he into now? What's he doing? Well, you know, Dublin, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dublin, you're maybe thinking drug so dealer. So much of the game in this country yeah. comes through Cork, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. For, for, for me, if it's like... Washed it, up on little dinghies in the coast of Cork. If it's in Wicklow, I'm like, he's a property developer. <laughs> you know, something <laughs> yeah. like that, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, like, I'm like... Uh, when I, when when you, when you do that, you're like making stories. You're like you're making up reasons why you're you don't have you're it. not that. Yeah. You know, and I think it gives you the opportunity to pretend you have virtue, and this person must have gotten there through. So he doesn't have virtue. He's not. Or, it's not or, an honest. Means. Or he doesn't have balance. He's like he probably workaholic. He's probably working probably his whole his life. life. Yeah. Probably hates his, his wife. wife. Hates yeah. his kids. Yeah. Also. yeah. Little do we know, he's probably loves his kids, tries to spend every moment that he can when he's not working with them. Maybe he has a great work-life balance and he's actually just fucking gotten it right. Yeah. That's fucking, and that's fine. And you know, the thing is, is like, this is another thing about this, um, you know, this judgment is, I do want to, I do want to reduce judgment in my, in my life, like, you know, because it does nothing for you. And this is the thing about when I, when I judged this person with the book, I'm like, I do want to learn from that. You know, yeah. there's things to be learned from whatever we do in, in life, like, you know, and if, if I can learn something from judging somebody, because people probably judge, you know, judge what I'm doing or judge what you're doing all the time as well, that we have actually little, um, little knowledge of, right? And I would like to, you know, if somebody is judging me or whatever, I'd like for them to kind of learn from it. You know, I'm kind of going, why am I judging this fella here now? Is it because his glasses? Do I not like his glasses? Is it because, you know, whatever, is his gammy mustache? It, you know, it's it, for it's, me. Did you watch that top, the second Top Gun? Is that why you've got the mustache? Oh, yeah, Jesus Christ. No, I did. it's not why I have the, the mustache. But <laughs> we, why I've we, got the mustache. We, 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 we gave a review of it on the last. Uh, on the oh, last we did. Sorry, yeah, we did. We did. Yeah, 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 we did. Yeah. We did. Sorry, we yeah. did. You're right. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, no. Have uh, you heard Pat Dively's one? I, I don't know if it's an original Pat Dively, but go on. whatever. If, if I'm pointing one finger at you, there's three fingers oh, yeah, pointing yeah. back at me. That's not an original Pat Dively. No, That's, he said it to me and I hadn't heard it before, yeah, but I don't oh, know where really? he got it from. Yeah. No, it's, it's a it's a fairly well-known thing, but it's very, very true. And of course, Pat would say it. He's a very uh, aware individual, yeah. like, you know? I think, uh, I think, to be honest, like all of the, all of the things that we're talking about right here is what actually, is actually makes me, makes me better at running. <laughs> it's just the weirdest thing ever just <laughs> yeah. to put this into to things like I wouldn't actually be able to have the the I think the mental space that's needed for all this type of stuff if I if I was still uh in that attitude like where and as well we also have to say some people are just dickheads as well <laughs> which is fucking yeah, yeah. grand as well people yeah. can be f just fucking dickheads yeah. and you can not like them cuz they're fucking dickheads and that's fine yeah. and and I've met millions of them right and um, but you have to find out they're a dickhead before you. Yeah, you, you can't, can't just look at their car and go, "He's dickhead, a dickhead," yeah. or look at the whatever and, and like what he's wearing as well. That's another thing that I'm still guilty of is somebody wearing something. I'm like, "What a fucking knob!" Well, like what? Uh, Gucci shit, you know, and all this kind of stuff, <laughs> like Gucci hats and that kind of stuff. I'm yeah. like, knob. But anyway, that's and and completely and utterly is you know. Um, Unwarranted, you know what I mean, and and things, but it's like, and it's not something I'm actually like, unwarranted. It's not like I'm not thinking. It's not like I'm thinking about it for forty five minutes on my drive home, like just <laughs> squeezing the fucking steering wheel, like what a fucking dickhead with the fucking Gucci hat. It's not, it's not, it's not engulfing me, but I am like driving along road and going, what a fucking dickhead, and then, <laughs> and then just driving on, you know. Um, but like maybe if he, maybe if I, if I hopped out of the car and said it to him, and I goes, here, look, I think you look like a dickhead with the hat on. <laughs> Are you? Are you? He might break down in tears and go. <laughs> yes, yes, I am a dickhead. 
No, now, I, now you must wear the hat. I, <laughs> that's that's the whole thing, is it? You only get one when you're actually a dickhead or you're calling someone out. And now you've actually walked up with someone and called them a dickhead, so now you are a dickhead, so you get the hat. No, it's it's you're either a dickhead or someone who calls out someone for being a dickhead, right? But nobody knows only you. <laughs> <laughs> so you're walking around the place and everybody else is going, dickhead. This- but little do they know, you're the dickhead caller outer. Is this the story in your new book? This, this is, is the new book. The new book is right? all about, it's like, who's the dickhead? I am. That's okay. the name. That's, that's the, the title. That's the title. I'm sure Eason's will have that on the Absolutely top Absolutely snap that off. Eason's coming for you, bro. Quote um, on the front, I wasn't on Love Island. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. No, I wasn't on Love Island. I, I, I'm not famous. <laughs> um, yeah. So basically, actually, sorry. Can I just, I'm going to, I'm going to, we're, we're. Give me, give me some, give me some final thoughts. It's Tangent City. Give oh yeah, final yeah. thoughts on. Uh, hold on, I'll tell you exactly how long we're going now, so we can. Uh, Eighty-five minutes. Eighty-five minutes. So, so nearly an hour and twenty-five half. minutes. Okay, grand. So we, we will wrap up in the next couple of minutes, right? Yeah. So g- give me, give me the final day. Yes. Give me some feelings and thoughts on the final day, and then give me where you are right now, having done it, with all the lessons you've learned and all the takeaways you have, and all the wisdom that you've garnered from yeah. this entire process. Not just the the, the experience itself, but the whole build-up mm. and how this is kind of thrown some unexpected learnings your way. Yeah. Um, the last day was kind of like, um, <clears throat> do you know, I thought I'd be like, shketamini, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd have nerves, you know, and that I'd be very nervous about it, but I I wasn't. Um, I, I actually found it really easy to sleep because, you know, like, um, uh, do you know, the day before it started, uh, that was, I thought that I'd be fucking mad nervous about it as well, but it's like, I think it's because it's 32 days long. It wasn't just like this one event. It's a hundred meter sprint. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Your entire yeah, life you've been training for this 9.6 seconds. Yeah, those guys are fucking crazy, by the way. Like it, the, the mentality more so it's than even the insane. physicality, right? Um, did you ever, did, uh, going off on a tangent here <laughs> again, did you ever hear that thing that the human body at, at its peak should be able to run a hundred meters in six seconds? But it doesn't because it would kill itself. Did you? It's actually a, apparently it's a real thing. I, I'm it's, really interested in how they your body test this. Your your yeah. Well, this is the thing. It's like China. They tested I, it in China. Yeah, they tested it in China. <laughs> they tested it in China. <laughs> tested in China. Yeah. This is the thing. It's like I, I you know obviously look at uh, that's that's the mentality behind it. But like you know the 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 day before Project Thirty Two started, I thought I'd be super nervous. I wasn't because I I was like if I if I fuck up on day one, I've got thirty one days to like make it right. You okay, know what I mean yeah. in my way, right? So because if I'm nervous for day one, I should probably be nervous every day. Then do you know what I mean? Which I wasn't. So it was so it made it easier then to kind of compartmentalize it. The, the last day, I thought I'd be nervous. Not not nervous in that. Oh, am I going to finish it? I knew I was going to finish it. But like you know, occasions, big occasions. It's like getting married. You're probably not going to get killed. You know, or you're probably not going to fucking, you know, someone's not going to run up in the middle of the altar and stab you in the face or something like that. So, but you're nervous. Maybe, maybe in Cork. If you can maybe, maybe, maybe if you're in Dublin, <laughs> uh, maybe if you're wearing a Gucci hat in Dublin. <laughs> yeah. But no, if, if, um, if you're, if you, if you like, you're, you're, but you're nervous because it's like, it's a big occasion mm. and it's probably centered around you more so your wife or wife to be, but like it is centered around ye. You know, um, and it's that not, it's not you at all. That goes to yeah, that goes to nerves, yeah. right? And so, like, I, I, you know, I, I, I thought that I would be more nervous about this kind of um, this big the attention finale, yeah, the attention, yeah, exactly. And it's a very, very strange thing. It's like I like 
just like everybody else does, love having, you know, people kind of ask me about my life and have an interest in things. But just to a certain point, do you know, where you're like, I don't know how super, super famous people live. I'd never like to live like that. Because like five or six people asking me about, you know, how are you feeling? How are you doing this? Fucking freaks me out. Like, you know, I'm like, I'm feeling good and I appreciate it. But like, what, you know, give me, you know, where, what, what, what's your story? You know, I like to hear about other people's goings on and, and why they're interested in Project 32. Not so much what they're interested about it. But I understand completely why people are under, are asking me that question because it's a bit weird and it's not the usual. Um, but I, I don't, I, I, I like that to a certain extent and then there's a certain part of it where I'm like, I'm just a bit overwhelmed and I'm like, I kind of want to just run, you know, start running. And, and uh, got to the, to the start, to the morning and low, so like there was, there wasn't tons of people. There was just the perfect amount and the perfect type of people. They were really, really lovely people. Like, and some people I had never met before in my life. And then they were heading off running with me, like, you know, which I thought was really cool. And One of my friends actually met you, um, Richie Judge. Richie Judge, yeah. Richie met you in Mead? Yeah, he did. Yeah, 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 yeah. Shout out to Richie. Because Richie is, Richie's been following me for a good while. Yeah, Richie got on to me. And to, to him as well. Yeah, on, he mentioned on, that already. Right, um, fair play but yeah, to him. yeah, fair play to him. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. on his own journey now at the moment. Yeah, yeah, he actually uh, messaged me afterwards saying that he was going to run a marathon and things like that as well. Yeah, and, stuff. and yeah. I was like, "Fucking good on he's you!" He's taking boy. control. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 class, boy. Because he was, uh, uh, we had a, we had a fairly lengthy conversation, we hours to to talk. Like it's you know, isn't it? like he was there for about fifteen kilometers, and we like you know, we're running slow and having a good, good, good uh, conversation. But it's um, it's like that's. That's what I love yeah. is when somebody else gives me a slice of their life because like I'm fucking like I'm literally engulfed by my own life right now in Project 32. It's like it's it's a, in a weird way. And when you do these things, like when you do an ultramarathon, the, the, your own world inside your head revolves around you. Right. So like having a break from that is fantastic. And hearing about other people's lives and about their kids and about what they're doing and all that. It's brilliant. I love it, you know, and um, I think it's, it, it can only add to your life, you know, and um, the, uh, uh, the day kind of just started, it was just like every other day of Project Joy 2 was just running, you know, and I just, I really was like, you know, when we come to the end of this now, it's over, you know, and it's like, you, you know, how I've been preparing for it for, fucking days and days beforehand anyway that, that was coming to that because towards the end not I, I shouldn't have been thinking like this and this is another thing I don't really think that I should I did I thought about it like this and I have no problem with it I, I did want it to kind of you know come to a, an, a, an end I was like I've done it now these four or five days before the last day are really just ticking the box that I did the marathon really I wasn't finding it challenging um, I was getting out there, I was getting them done and I was finishing and I really actually fucking ended up enjoying every single one of them. And the second last one, I really enjoyed, really enjoyed. I actually met Clara. Um, oh from, yes, from, um, from Hell, Week. Hell Week. yeah. And we started doing like 4.30 pace for the last she's like five She's a massive game. transformation. Oh yeah, huge, huge. Yeah. She's, yeah. she's an animal. Yeah, no, she's, she, she's like, again, why does she not have 100,000 people following her? She's amazing. Why does yeah. Ellen Vitting not have 100,000 people following her? Yeah. Boggles the mind. And then you have other people that have loads of people following them that 23 are really love, love just, Island daughters. God damn them. God and damn having, them. getting book deals. <laughs> God damn them. Undeservedly so. Uh, no, I'm sure very deserved. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I really enjoyed those days. But then the last day, I really was just kind of like, you know, this 
I was kind of thinking about it in the best way that I possibly could. It's like, think of all the opportunities that are open to you now once this finishes, mm. which is such a great, I'm, I'm, I'm very privileged that I, that I'm in that position in life where I'm like, I'm finishing something that is a huge achievement, but thinking about it in a way that by finishing this, I have actually given myself the opportunity to bring my son into the world, you know, help my partner do that, you know, in whatever way, shape or form I can create a relationship with my son and create a relationship with myself as a dad. All of these things are coming out of that, you know, and it's fucking brilliant mm-hmm. and I love it. And and that was, I was so full of love at the end of it as well, of from, from everybody that came out and supported, from my family, from my friends, for, from myself, for myself, that when it finished, I just felt it all rushing. You know, and I fucking I loved yes. that. You know, um, when I when and then when we got to the end, got to the last like five k. I was running with Dunica, and Dunica Dunica ran the whole thing with me, right? He ran the whole marathon with me, and uh, he uh, he was uh, he was like really, he was like last like four kilometers, I'd say. I was just like, will we start we start pushing it on a bit. We start we you know, we start moving. It's like yeah yeah we will yeah yeah. And it was like it was there was no definite kind of a yeah yeah, let's do it. It was like, mm, yeah, 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 we should. And then before we even knew it, I was doing like 4.30, 4.20 pace, right? I said this to Cormac the other day in the podcast. We were chatting and it was like, he had 24 hours to do each one of these marathons, right? And he was like, yeah, I was like, most of these were done under five. And yeah. you see the times he's putting the, the 5Ks up or the kilometers up in the last fucking t- mm. two or three. It was insane, man. Yeah, it was so funny. It was like, like you know, you, you again, I just got completely swept up in the moment, you know, of it. And I was like, you know, he was like, well, we burst on. It's like, it was like, let's just finish it strong, you know? And I think that's a good thing, a good um, thing to think about our lives is, um, and uh, like two two points along Project 32, the, the, what perceived to be one of the hardest times turned out to be the most illuminating and the most um, assuring for me. Because I was like, the last five kilometers I've I've never ran as much as much kilometers as those last five. You know what I'm saying? I I I I've run one thousand three hundred and forty five kilometers up until that point. So I've never I, I at that point I'm about to run the most. Oh yes, yeah, I get you. Right? Yeah, yeah. So the last five k I sh- I shouldn't I should be probably lumbering, but because the way Project Thirty Two went, I had it in the bag yeah. and I was able to celebrate it in that way. I wasn't limping to the end like I had thought I might have been. Yeah, I thought it was going to be like we're, we're wheeling you over the line. Here yeah, yeah. Like I'll fucking I was like saying to people like at the start and even uh, people that were uh, um, that were from Pieta that were like uh, that were, were were talking to me beforehand. They were like, "Are you ready for it? like? Are you yeah. ready?" It's like I, I I said I was like, someone will literally have to shoot me in the face to stop me from doing it. Like, I, that was that was the way I was. It was like, I, it wasn't like Kerryway Ultra where I was kind of, I was, there was, Jesus, I could have limped for 10 or 12 hours and finished it. Like, you know, and, uh, and, and I, and I could have gotten it done. But it was like, all I was thinking about in that time was I have Project 30 to do, to do in a couple of weeks time. But once I realized that Project 32 was the thing, was that that element of it uh, was, was like, I'm, this is my, you know, this is everything that I have for this whole year. So I just spend it, you know, spend it. And we, we'll, we'll worry about how we're going to recover at the end. That's like the Irish government. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I was giving them all the money, money, money. Um, basically, <laughs> fat sacks. 
uh, fat sacks, <laughs> cash. Um, I, 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 I was like, right, let's just let's just cap this off, cherry on the cake job, and just fucking belt it. And like there was, in, it was actually kind of funny. Like there was loads of people that were running with me at the time, and then it was like we lost loads of people because me and Don. It was like I'd started it with him day one, and then I finished it with him. It was lovely, you know. I was really nice, and he had been training me for fucking years for all the types of shit that I was coming out with. I want, I want to run around my patio for twenty four hours. <sighs> you know that kind of shit. He was dealing with that for so long. Yeah. I was like, right. It just seemed right, and uh, fucking did it. Just did it, and uh, it was class. This class came through. We had a, there was a, a ticker tape finish line. I I, I had I had uh, I had uh, no idea that there was going to be an actual finish line pulled out. Oh, My two nieces hold, held it, yeah. uh, and it was really really nice. It was really lovely. Like it was a great way to cap it off to actually have a finish line, you know. Yeah. Um. But yeah, and then you know, me and my dad had a hug, and it was just great. It was a fantastic thing for me and him. Mm-hmm. Um, was a huge element of the whole thing was this relationship that I had my that I've lucky to have with my dad. I really enjoyed the hug, the hug after the vest removal. Every oh yeah, day. Yeah, 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 that was yeah. emotional. It was yeah. emotional oh, every man. day. Fucking, it was just. I think that's the. I think that's a lot of the story of Project Thirty Two. Really, yeah. is like uh, me and my dad had been on a fucking whirlwind over that three year period up until Project Thirty Two started, and then. We both came came here and, and like it was strange. Like it's strange to thirty two days with your dad and not have a fight, you know, or an argument. I would be messing, you know, messing and yeah. things. Like, what the fuck are you doing, by like you know, turn that off or oh put, put the window down or whatever, you know, just talking shite. Like, but we would n- n- didn't have a proper disagreement or like a, a or any type of falling out or nothing. And uh, it was, I think, it was because as well, like he had had to come to a point in time where he had to figure himself out too. Mm. And we talked about that on the episode of the podcast. Yeah. I'm going to have him on again anyway with the lads, um, and get the Deadly. the whole breakdown of Project Thirty Two from everyone's angle because I'm only giving mine. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, like I definitely feel really grateful for that because there's a lot of people that that aren't able to do that. That like whatever way, you know, either their their dad isn't there or they're they have don't have that relationship with their dad. But yeah. uh. I feel like um, I feel like I'm blessed to have done it. Like you know, and I don't take it for granted at all. And it's really given me food for thought. Now that I'm welcoming my son into the world, I'm like, right, you know, if you want to have a relationship with him at thirty, you have to have a relationship with him when he's thirty minutes old. Yeah, you know what I mean. And it's like you have to be there for him. Yeah, you know, what, what, what sometimes when it's ugly and when it's not nice and it's not the romantic idea of parenthood, which is ninety percent of the time. You know what I mean, and I think that's the that's the element where I feel like um, a lot of people have tried to tell me how hard uh, lots of different things are, including parenthood, and I feel like it is hard. But um, what I want to say is like I I I have I have the best I have the best person ever backing me in becoming a dad, and that's me. And that's the thing is like I've got a great relationship with myself. Which makes it easier for me to take on hardship, and I, I, I'm really, I'm, I, I am a bit nervous for certain elements of it. More of a safety point of view, you know, you know, like it's a weird thing to say, right? On, on, a, on, um, on a podcast, right? But you're like, you find out that your partner is pregnant. You're like, it works, it works, <laughs> you know. It's like, it works, like you know, all these years of me dodging bullets, you know. You're like, ah, yes, it's fucking working. And then once the baby is, is in situ, you're like, fucking please God, just let it be safe and let yeah. everything be okay and let both of them be okay. You know, these, like these are two of the biggest fucking things in my life. 
right now and I have very little control over it. It's a very, it's a weird thing. I don't know if, if, if I'm the only one who's felt like that, you know, where it's like, I fucking have no control. When this thing starts happening, the ball starts rolling. All you can do is support, but like there's no, you know, divine intervention that comes from you. Like, you know, you're, you're just there to help this whole thing happen, but there's so many things that you're not in control of. And I think that's a part of is, is just accepting that as well. Is just accepting that things will happen the way it's meant to happen and you kind of have to go from there. It's, that's what I've been thinking about more so than actually becoming a dad because I'm like, that's going to be hard. I've done hard stuff. And and also, there's also this thing as well where I think the hardest part of becoming a dad as well is, you know, you're coming home with this 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 being and you're like, I have to look after you for the rest of your life, for the rest of my life. You know? It's like it's, that's, that's, that's big. You know, it's like the rest of my life, I am going to be worried about you. I'm going to love you. I'm going to try and take care of you. I'm going to try and advise you. I'm going to try and help you make decisions. And you know, I, that's the, that's the hard part. Waking up in the middle of the night and feeding the baby. I don't, I, I, I don't, I, I, sleep deprivation, all that kind of stuff. Cool. Bring it on. What I think the hardest part for me will be is just wrapping my head around this idea that I have this thing for the rest of my life, you know? And although I already have this weird, not weird, it's completely normal, actually beautifully lovely. I love this thing. It doesn't even, hasn't even taken its first breath yet. And I love it to bits. And I'm like, I I know that the most difficult part for me is just realizing that I have, I've, I have to try and be the best version of me for him every day. You know what I mean? And uh, that's uh, like having off days with yourself is pretty all right. But like just having off days with your kids is a different thing, I think, you know, and, uh, you know, y- you will have them like, you know, um, and that's just the part of being a human being. There's only so much we can take, you know, and uh, that's the part where I'm mentally preparing myself. Ment- I'm not mentally preparing myself for like feeding during the night and stuff like that. This isn't, like the, the child wakes up, I just wake up and do it. I'm going to be asleep again at some point in time. Or, you know, or we'll just continue to do this and figure it out together. Yeah. That's, for me, I'm not, I don't, you know, and people are probably looking, oh yeah, wait, no, till it happens. I know, I, I like, I, I, I can kind of get where, where, where people are coming from. Uh, and, you know, they're trying to tell me that it's hard because they've done it. That's all well and good. But what I'm trying to say to you is, is that uh, that's, that's not the part that I'm at all worried about, really. Because that's actually, f- f- I control it. You know, I control that I can get up out of the bed and look after the child. You know what I mean? That's I can control that. And I think that's the element of it that I'm not afraid of at all. I think the elements that I'm afraid of is the parts that I can't control. Like the birth, like the, the that process. And then the idea of this child, like everything about it depends on me. You know what I mean? And um, and and obviously, obviously Mel, like huge, hugely so, you know. But that's the that's the part where I'm every day I'm kind of mo- making more and more progress with that as well. Is like even last night I was asleep for, I was awake for three hours last night. I wasn't 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 worried or nervous about it. I was just trying to think about it practically. Of like just I I I like visualization, you know, and and visualizing things. I visualized getting up out of bed loads of times. I would get up out of bed, picking the child up, um, giving it to Melson breastfeed, 
burping the child, all this kind of stuff. I'm like, you know, you know, um, winding the child, getting the child settled, putting it back down to bed, and like getting into bed and being woken up five minutes later again. And and I've pictured that a thousand times. Uh, so the practicalities of it. But what I'm trying to picture now is the longevity. Do you know the this idea that like, you know, uh, my dad is sixty um, next year and I'm thirty one now, and it's like there was once a time where I was this blob in his hand. You know what I mean? And like, you know, all that time in between, he's probably been. You know, he's 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 uh, had some input into my life. You know. Uh, you know, like I, I had to get new glasses, you know, and my mom was like, I still haven't gotten it. She wanted to get me a 30th birthday present. I don't really care about presents and all this kind of stuff. Never bothered me. And um, she's like, I want to get you something for your 30th or whatever. And I was like, you get me new glasses. Right. Still, I still haven't gotten them. Right. As you can <laughs> see from the, the tape along them. I rang, I rang her today and I was like, I'm going to get those glasses. She's like, oh, my God, that's great. I was only thinking about it because I've had another birthday only the other day. When was your birthday? Since then. Uh, Saturday. Oh, happy birthday. Yeah, thanks, bye. Th- 31 years old 31. now. I'm into my 30s now, fucking you know. Um, but it, the, the, you know, I was like, you know, I don't want to leave another fucking birthday pass without this woman getting what she wants out of it is to buy me a, a gift. So uh, I didn't get the fucking glasses anyway. They could fit me in. <laughs> so she'll have to wait another couple of weeks. But it's like, you know, they're going to have a relationship with me for the rest of my life. Yeah. You know, and I, I mean, that's, that's, that's the thing where I'm like, I'm, am I, am I, you have to be okay. If you're okay with you, I think you're okay with letting that, that in. That possibility that like, you know, you're going to fucking be 85 years old and your child is going to be an old man too. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Do you know? And it's like, I don't know, I'm thinking about that uh, That element of it is the practicalities, you know? Yeah. I feel like this could should be a whole another episode. We will do one on Father. Oh, yeah, might do it on the Primal Podcast, actually. Yes, yes. Come on and do an episode on Father. But just to make a comment on what you've said there, because it's very interesting, isn't it? Because I have two kids. Mm. One is four, one is one. And the most important lesson that I am still learning and will be learning for the rest of my life, and it's Jill who teaches me this constantly, is if you can maintain that attitude and every single day think about your role in this family unit and in that child's life, as opposed to what that child is doing to your life, it completely changes how you will interact with the child. Because it's no longer then, and again, I'm learning this, so it's it's not like I have this nailed down, but it's no longer about the child is annoying me. We've said this before the podcast here as well, because I have to get out of bed. It's I'm getting out of bed because the child needs something mm-hmm. and this is my role and this mm-hmm. is what I do and I'm comfortable and I'm okay with that. That is the key because it means if you can constantly think like that, I think, in my opinion, you'll, you'll always be in that problem-solving mode for that person. You'll always be the support system that they need because you're always thinking about what does this mean for this person? What does this mean mm-hmm. for my partner and for my child? As opposed to this is an inconvenience on what I'm trying to do in my life. And the only way you can be in that mode is if you spend time thinking about yourself. Mm-hmm. Because if you, if you don't spend time thinking about yourself, you're in crisis management mode constantly, you're in distraction mode constantly, and the child becomes another distraction. And it is the biggest distraction you'll ever have in your entire life. Yeah, The biggest distraction ever. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. it's always there for the yes. rest of your life. But if you're okay with thinking about yourself and you're not in crisis mode all the time, you, the the... All of these cliches, the things you're supposed to feel about children, the overwhelming love, the loving something else like you could never love anything, it all comes true in those moments. And mm. it's amazing. So that's the, the one thing I've learned. 
Mm-hmm. I've learned fuck all about parenting children. Yeah, except yeah, that yeah. one thing. And if Jilda constantly reminds me, even this morning, she reminded me again, this is, these children need this thing right now. And your job is to be this thing right now for these children. I'm like, ah, yes. Okay, that makes so They're much sense. They're being torn out of, like, what you think about a child that's just born? What the fuck? Torn out of I was cozy as womb. fuck in there, man. You know what I mean? This, this tube was doing everything for me. This yeah. tube in my belly. Didn't even have to chew my own food. Feeding me. I, I, could, was I could shit into the air. It. Yeah. I could like, shit yeah. into the air. They, they, they don't, you know that, don't you? They don't poo. At, at the end they do. They don't, uh, at the end they do, yeah. Well, you like, get the and yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, well, that's only if they, uh, this is all the antenatal stuff uh-huh. here now by coming in. That's only if they poo before the yeah, uh, yeah, water yeah. bursts. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, the, 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 the uh, yeah, so your water breaks. <laughs> Someone's but, reading uh, their books. Yeah, m- meconium, yeah, 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 yeah. This, uh, uh, the dark poo oh that they God, have the first. Sticky tar. Yeah, yeah, sticky that's tar, so weird, isn't yeah. it? But I'm like, you know, again, no, it's not weird. Like, I, I, I like to think it's about all things, things of just being natural things, like, you know. They, uh, I, say, I say this to everybody, and it's, again, we'll, we'll wrap up soon, but it's one of the cliches yeah. that comes it's true. It comes true. Shall we? When, when, you're, when, that, when they hand you that child, and my, you've got my best wishes that everything goes goes well, it is... All of the cliches come true. Mm. And again, if you're in that mindset, if for me it was the, the two most amazing, beautiful days of my life. And people think that you have to say that. I, honest to God, it, they were the most amazing days of my life. Even Jill looks at me weird, like, because I was there. I helped birth our first child. Mm. She, the midwife was like, do you want to get in here and hold, hold the leg? And, and I was like, fuck yeah, this is unbelievable. The most beautiful thing you'll ever do because it's so natural. Mm. It's just, it's the most natural thing ever. And these are cliches, but they all come, they all came true for me anyway. Um, it's it's amazing, man. It's yeah, it's amazing. I'm really looking forward to it, and yeah. I and I I've I've said this to Mel as well. Like you know, uh, she um she's taken everything in her every, everything through the pregnancy has coming come to her, like even getting pregnant. Like you know, it was like one fucking slip up, boom, we have a baby. Like you know, basically that was that was basically like when we look back and it boils down to yeah. you know. And you're like, well, look, we weren't exactly being the safest you could possibly be, but. Um, you know, even getting pregnant and then throughout the whole process of of everything, although it was a big shock to the system, it took an awful lot of time to really wrap our heads around it, like, you know, and that we were like, you know, going in for this. I, I could see no other way, really, you know, you know, in my mind. And um, the, you know, throughout her whole pregnancy, she had no morning sickness. She very, very just took, took everything, you know, very, very handily. Um, you know, all of her checkups were just a okay, all that kind of stuff. So I was like, I was trying to say to her, if if you know, when when the time comes and you have the time to get it, you're gonna just stay in this zone that you're in of everything just being so normal and being so natural about it. And is as long as you keep that, you know, you'll be relaxed. You'll be zen. You'll be able to do all these things. You have to go through the. The uh, they, ca- they call them surges now, not 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 contractions. Which oh, I think excuse is me. Cool, cool word for it as yeah. well. Surges. We're, we're surging. Through, we're going through these surges, surging of power, and um, you know, we're taking it as as it comes. And I'm like thinking to myself, I'm like, every time that one happens, I'm like, that's one done. You'll never have to do that again. Yeah. You never have to do that one. Like, that's just gone again. You'll be now. beside a whisper. Yeah. I ran thirty two marathons. Thirty two days. <laughs> 
That's only one fucking search. That's only one search. You're going to be... <laughs> you, have to, you have 31 to go. Stick this vest on you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. And I do just want to acknowledge one thing because I'm aware that I'm very lucky and my family's very lucky. Everything just went so well. Just mm. a, a difficult... Um, two difficult um, labours, but everything went really well. Mm. We're very blessed. I just do want to acknowledge that for some people this is a very difficult time as well and yes. things don't go so well. So I just do want to acknowledge that, but it's still an amazing... Yeah, an amazing thing, a beautiful yeah. thing. Yeah, beautiful. No, thing. I, and like I, this is the thing as well. I'm like, you know, we don't know what'll happen once this child is born. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? What it may need from us, you know, what extra needs it may have, or whatever the case may be. But I'm like, what it needs is love. You know, what yeah. it needs is fucking love. If you yeah. love the child, regardless of what happens, and this is the thing. It's like, I'm open to, you know, I I'm I'm there, and I'm like, I'm love my son. So it's not about what, you know, what way he is or whatever. It's like. I love my son. I'm going to love him. And if he needs extra things from me, if he, if he's, you know, needs, has extra needs, that's, that's, that's part of life. You know what I mean? And it's like, he, he, he needs my love. You know, he needs that. And I thought about that a million times over as well. I think it's part of, part of, of me to just try and mentally prepare for everything is I do try and, uh, think of, um, certain things. I'm not catastrophizing things, I'm just thinking about certain things and I'm going, you know, hopefully everything goes well. Hopefully he's completely happy, healthy. But if anything does, if anything does happen or anything needs to be done, we will do it. We will be able to take care of that. We will be, we have the, the, the mental space and energy to, to, to give this child a good life. And that's, that's, that's all I'm thinking about at all times, you know, so. Well, look, I look, wish you the very yeah, best boy. of luck. And yeah. congratulations. Yeah, thanks very much. I feel like we had a podcast about life and very loosely touched on Project 32. Yeah, I know. <laughs> this is the thing. It's like, uh, this is what you get with this podcast. This is what you get with it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. Um, but no, be the very best of luck yeah. to you just, and to Mel. I just want to say one thing um, before we finish. Yes. I want to say a big thank you to the man who's on my chest right now, Tony yes. from WCC, who sponsored Project 32. His and coffee we were actually drinking in here yesterday. Yes. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I remember you uh, uh, posting that up. I uh, have to say thank you to Tony for just being a friend. Um, just being a friend of mine, really, more so than anything. And he's one of the only reasons why I'm actually, like, able to be, like, in any way a financially viable person right now um, is because of the help that he's given me and, and you know, just the the love he's shown me and um, being such a, a great man because uh, without him, I wouldn't have been able to get Project 32 done, really. I, I didn't think about it in that way at the time. I was I'm not a money person, like, you know, I don't really... Uh, think about it uh, too much, which I probably should think more about. But thank you, Tony. Thank you for, for, and thank you as well. Every day that I wake up, I drink West Cork coffee and it's the most beautiful coffee, mm. you know, that, I, that I've that i ever had. And I think it's one of those things where like, I, I I want other people to experience this. If it's just once, they just bu they just buy one bag and it's one time. I guarantee you, if you, if you like your coffee, you won't, you'll be like, yeah, no, this is the best. <laughs> this is the best. So, if you want to support uh, Tony, because he has supported me so much, you can go on to West Cork Coffee's Instagram page, westcarcoffee.ie as well, forward slash shop, and it'll bring you onto the shop. Um, he's got some great Papua New Guinean stuff. He's always got great Brazilian What's your uh, favorite? coffee as well. For the usual stuff he has, I love the Brazilian. Love the Brazilian and the Kenyan. They're my two like favorites that he's kind of uh, has all the time. Okay. Um, the stuff that he... Uh, he uh, there's one uh, particular one I can't say what he gives me. He gives me one that is just a... Nicaraguan it's, panther it's, blood. It, it's meant to be for one particular customer, a uh, particular um, 
restaurant. Oh, excuse and me. And so I, I get it uh, privately, you know, <laughs> delivered to my house. Uh, <laughs> but no, the other stuff that he's just after getting in is Papua New Guinea and stuff. And it's awesome. Deadly. Really, really good. So look, um, I, I also want to say thank you to Dan as well um, for just fucking, uh, uh, you know, the chats we had before we came on air. Um, and chats like that and like I feel like I come in here to you and I kind of go these are all the things I'm thinking about <laughs> and I, I, we need to do all these things and things and you're like hold up a second there now there's a way we can do these and make it really successful let's do it and I'm like fine I'll listen to the guru so um, I just want to say to anybody that's listening to this who's like fuck it I'd love to make my own podcast another thing as well that I want to say to anybody who does think about making their own podcast is it's like me with writing the book don't have to fucking think about why you should do it or what you have to offer. Just have fun. Just have fun. If the if the pages of my book never get published, I, I had fun writing it and I enjoyed it. And I, I laughed at myself and I tapped myself on the back and I had a bit of crack with it. It's the same thing with podcasting, right? And I think what I can, if I can give any direction to people is, is that if you want to start it, uh, start anything, don't half-ass it, you know, don't half-ass it, give yourself a fucking good shot at it, and then, at least then you can realise you've turned every stone over, and Dan will help you to do that, and Prime Productions will, be, will help you to do that, and I think the good thing about Dan is, which I, which I, we were just talking about there, doesn't matter if you have fucking a huge business, 300,000 people following you, or you have 19 people following you, and you don't even have a profile picture on your Instagram. It doesn't matter. It's about the it's that the most important person to Dan at that time is whoever's in the studio. So, like, I do think that um, uh, you know, it's it's just a great a great medium. I love recording the podcast. I get an awful lot even just from just talking. So, um, if you are if and if you are a business and you're like, do you know what the podcast sphere is completely unexplored, which it fucking is as well. It's like people think there's loads of podcasts out there. There, there really isn't. There isn't many podcasts. There's not many good ones that are actually well, well produced and and have good sound and they have, um, you know, this this uh, uh, listenability. And um, so, if you can actually develop that from day one by coming in here, you're already above ninety nine percent of people in the game. And this is me just literally just retelling you everything that uh, Dan has told me and how he's empowered me. Uh, to look at project, uh, project, project, look at flip the script as uh, something that is great, and whether it whether it turns out to be great or not is the, is 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 up to us really. But um, it really is just it's great to come into somebody that is like nothing is too much of a problem and everything is a possibility. So uh, thank you. You read that teleprompter really well there. That was excellent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Did I get everything in that you wanted to read that small print there? Yeah. (laughs) The last bit, Dan, is great. And can I say one more thing as well is I want to say thank you to Mel, uh, my partner. Um, You see, there's too much to say. Like I want to talk about my dad and everything and all this kind of stuff, but there's loads of stuff that I think I'm going to get Mel on after we have the baby. Yeah. I'm going to get Mel on. Uh, give Give us like the first like two months. So then we can actually talk to people about the first two months of having a child as well, and which I would be very interested to hear about now, you know? Yes. Do you get me? So yeah. I, I, so if there is other people that are either expecting or they're trying to have a baby or something like that, we might have a chat about that. But what I want to say to 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 you guys is, is that Project 32 and I suppose almost the way that I, you know, look at my life is really informed by Mel and how, 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 uh, 
how I interact with Mel and she is just such a, like, you know, pe- people say, like, people end up with their mothers, right? Mm-hmm. She does have that. And this is why I said to her, Adam, you're going to make a great mom because you're almost like my mom in ways. You're like, you, you know, she, it's like, Mel, where did I leave my glasses? Where did I leave my things? All this kind of did stuff. Did you it's tell like, your partner she was like your mother? Uh, oh, yeah. Like, oh, I'm, I, 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 I'm just like, I'm just like, ma'am, you're, or ma'am, <laughs> Mel, <laughs> Mel, you're Christ. like, fucking, you're already like a, like a mother to me. Um, but it's basically like, it's like, it's not about, you know, she, she, she's not like, uh, I'm not dependent on her. But it, what it is, is like, um, my house wouldn't be my home without them in it. And I think that's, that's the best way that I can say it is, is like, she is part of my, like, almost my retreat from everything. And, uh, um, you know, me loving her is, uh, is something that I really enjoy. And her love for me is something that I feel every day. And the reason why I wasn't, the reason why I was able to do Project 32, not many people's partners at seven months pregnant would be like, yeah, go on, go on there and chase your dreams, you know, but she did. And that that's, takes a big person to do that, I think. Um, and I'm just, I'm, I'm very grateful for her and what she does um, for me. Um, and uh, yeah, just like I'm looking forward to, looking forward to the next chapter for us being parents and stuff like that. Be pretty cool. Amazing. Yeah. So thanks everybody for listening. Um, also, the only reason why I'm able to do these podcasts in the studio is because of the people that are supporting me on Patreon. Um, there are still people that support me on Patreon, um, you know, that are that are allowing me to be in the studio today. So um, if you were a fan of the podcast, like, you know what, I actually like this podcast a lot. Uh, I would like for it to continue and for it to grow and for it to have, you know, to, to do more. If you want to support me on Patreon, go head on to Patreon uh, forward slash flip the script and um, you can you can support me there. If you, want to fucking, if you wanted to buy me the, the price of a cup of coffee or the price of uh, a pint or whatever, if you if you would have if you'd have met me on the street and go, you know what, I'd love to have a coffee with him. You could buy me a coffee every month and we could listen. You could listen to the podcast uh, recorded in the primal production studios. So um, and I will I, from now I'm trying to get more content out here and, and try and do more episodes. So, um, so yeah, thank you. Thank you, everybody, for, for everything. And thanks, Dan. Thank you so much. Boom.